if you want one, I just get, we could, uh, if you're, if you're looking to smoke and whatnot, we could, yeah. You're so adaptive, it's amazing. And, um, consider it, thank you. Oh, sure. There we go. I, get, I definitely get, I, I don't smoke anymore, but I used to smoke cigarettes. So oh, this is my last one anyway, so I wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> Your last one ever? Well, I just, <laughs> I, I just had it around. I, I don't really smoke after, I only smoked when I was really yeah, I mean, I, I fucking love cigarettes, but I just, at some point, I was like, no more. Yeah, they're kind of... I'm going to put the mic there. Um, Dan, you want to sit? Yeah, I'm sorry. There's, like, another, like, decent chair in the other room. It's, like, it's America thing. Uh, no, it's fine. Like, it's just better, probably. Yeah. I mean, you can't be too close for the mic. Yeah. It's a pretty decent mic, so I think it will pick, pick everything up pretty well. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Down just get started. I guess so. I've ne we've never field recorded something, so I'm not 100% sure how it all turn out, but... Do you want to leave the door open? Or? Yes. Yeah. You can take your shoes off, by the way. I will. And if you want, I obviously don't. Alright, I'm gonna do the intro. <coughs> and we'll just, we'll just have a conversation, we'll go wherever. Awesome. It'll, it should be, have an interesting sort of field recorded aesthetic to it. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is the New Right, a podcast for the Lost Arts, reclaiming the literary holy land from the heathen. This is Matt Pegas. And this is Dan Baltic. And we're here in person with Eris, Elizabeth Victoria Aldrich. Yeah. Did Aldrich or Aldrich? Aldrich. But it's, no but one it's... else in my family has that last name because my dad didn't want me to get his last name because it was, uh, his last name's Allnut. Hmm. Uh, Allnut. Which is, you know, for him it's a good power move, but for me that would have been good because I'm fucking nuts. And yeah, you guys have balls <laughs> to be at my apartment. I, I applaud you guys. <laughs> yep, yeah. we're at Eris's Or on location in Eris's apartment. Yeah. And, and, uh, well, uh, I won't say exactly where you live, Eris, although I feel like you're kind of an open book, but... I've been docs, it's fine. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to, like, give the fucking address, <laughs> but we're in the San Fernando Valley, let's put it that way, where yeah. uh, Eris is a almost lifelong resident, although... Unfortunately. You, you've, you've lived elsewhere, and I've, elsewhere in California, well, but as, you... As soon as I turned yeah. 18, I moved to San Francisco for a year. Let's, um, close the... Uh, let's that. Hello, person. Sorry. There's someone walking by. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you lived in San Francisco for a year. Like Oakland, was it? Um, no, no, oh. I did in Richmond, Twelfth and Gary. Oh yeah, yeah, I know Richmond. On yeah. top of a sushi restaurant that's down at Hookah Lounge. Um, I was there when it was still cool, like 2011. Yeah, so. when it was still like semi-affordable in some. Yeah, places. like when they beat up that girl wearing Google Glass. <laughs> Not familiar with that story, but yeah. I think I heard about that. Yeah. yeah. What was she People wearing? Google glasses. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's the type of thing that you would beat someone up for. Yeah. And the really lusty lady dorky. was still, like, it was not defunct yet. The kink armory was still there. Oh, the armory. Yeah, sure. I worked there. And I, you, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. That was in. Uh, must have some stories. Oh, yeah. That's where we have plenty of mirrors. Yeah. Gotcha. But. You, this is where, here in the San Fernando Valley is mm -hmm. where your story 
began and where you live now. Um, this is probably more than I've talked to myself, but I'll say that I also am a resident of the SF Valley, San Fernando Valley. Um, it's kind of an interesting place to yeah. live, uh, or I kind of not an interesting place to live, uh, would you say? I mean, you, you were place. telling me you kind of hate it. I mean, no one wants... I mean, like, <laughs> haven't you gone to a party and had that experience of like, oh, yeah, you're at some cool party in WeHo, and they're like, where are you living? They're, and you say the valley, and they're like, oh. Yeah, of course. You like, know, that's part and parcel of being from the valley. Yeah. But there's some hidden gems here. I mean, I, I like... I like the sort of... I mean, obviously, the cultural history, so to speak, in L.A. is interesting in general, but the valley has some interesting tidbits you know it's like I mean, fast times at ridgemont high and francis Scalia block and like who i mean there have been many times <clears> when <throat> i've just been at the sherman oaks galleria like reenacting scenes from less than zero right less than <laughs> zero i mean there's a lot of like interesting cultural flashpoints here and it's not as yeah did you ever go to dupar is it shut uh, down now yeah no yeah. dupar i moved here in 2017 so dupar's was was oh. still open i Oh, cool. I don't actually know if I ever went in, but I remember it being in, yeah, Studio City, which, yeah, yeah. referenced in Less Than Zero. Uh, but then they just, yeah. it turned, they turned into a, a goddamn Sephora, so. Oh, my God, yeah, no. A bit, of a, a bit of a letdown. But there's a lot of, yeah, interesting, like, wow. locations like that around mm, the valley. Exactly, um, yeah. But you, you were, you're from Woodland Hills originally, right? That's where yeah. I was born. I was raised in Porter Ranch, you know, Porter like Ranch, the very yeah. gated community um, yeah. Now, uh, I heard, I read, uh, I think it was the last estate article about expat and about you that, and, and I hope this is not anything you don't want to touch on. There's I do nothing feel like, like you're, that. I I, you're, you're a totally open book. Yeah. W were you, in, was your family involved in some kind of cult? Yes, my Atari <laughs> cult. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, the Japanese death cult. Well, Very cool. Actually, it wasn't a death cult. It was or, like, sorry. Yeah, it was, um, tell me. No, I mean, like, Gabriel's really great at, like, making things exciting. I love him so much, and I have nothing but, I can't, I don't Gabriel like, Hart like, wrote the article, right? He's, yeah, or, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, I love him. But, um, LA guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I actually have, like, the, the workbook from the cult. Or, like, <laughs> oh, if you have it, yeah, I know. Let's yeah. see it. Check it out. Want to see a cult workbook? Yeah. Okay, and a picture of my mom right on top of me. Hmm. A picture of who? That's a mom. I don't want to move. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's take a look at this. Uh, Marikari. Mahikari. Mahi, sorry. So you Mahikari. did it to give light to people? Yeah. And so, yeah, that was my childhood. And also, you learned that glitter is a good omen, which not many cults learned that I. Yeah, I'm gonna move the mic over here. Yeah. Sorry. No, 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 no worries. For no. the audience listening, I fucked up my leg because I'm dumb and I fell asleep on it. Funny. Um, damn. So it's so it's not a death cult. That's not quite accurate. I'm not. I mean, I haven't read this. In, I mean, I had a great time. It's more like. Um, Is it a life cult, Eris? <laughs> life cult. Um, well, I mean, like. Uh, it's know, new agey. Is kind of what it seems like. If I know, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... Well, where's the Japanese element come in? Or did uh, I mishear that? Or... No, you didn't. I can get the, the actual... <sighs> Sorry for all the morning. Okay, no, it's okay. No, no, yeah. Like, um, there's lots of um, chanting involved. So, like, right here, ran the page. The great fire of cleansing to develop a positive spirit. 
I'm not going to chant, but, um, you know, this is. Yeah. Well, I mean, this kind of gets into, like, Matt is, uh, wrote a really interesting article about occultism. Ooh. And, like, <laughs> chanting and stuff. <clears throat> like. What is this? How pathetic it is that one Sorry. thoughtlessly and even knowingly accumulates impurity in his family, eventually resulting in forceful compensation. That's uh, that's pretty powerful. You're great reading, boys. It's very soothing. Eugenia Allnut. That's her. Well, okay, I don't want to dox her. No, I mean, yeah. like, um, she's, she passed away. So oh, like, I'm sorry to hear that. So you can't really dox her. Yeah, I well, guess you can't really dox someone who's passed away. I mean, you can. I mean, that's, it's going to get weird. <laughs> um, wow, so how long were your parents involved in that? How long were you um, involved know. in that? Um, yeah. so at, least, at least a few years. Um, but I had a good time. It was very, it was really cool. Like, um, they had like little offerings, and I'm a Buddhist now, so. Okay, it was it, was it, it seems a little bit Buddhist yeah. inflected or in, yeah. influenced. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't call myself a Buddhist, but I definitely take some influence from that as well. So you wouldn't necessarily call it, like, a cult. Or would you call it a cult? Well, I looked it up later, yeah. and I, I saw that it was called a cult, and I was like, all right, I've been in a cult. Cool. Yeah. It's got, like, a, a leader, like, a figurehead cult of personality thing. I, I Look, we don't have to perseverate on this for the entire conversation, but... Um, no, I mean... It sounds... How it many sounds, people do you know have been in a Japanese cult? Like Zero. Yeah, you I mean, one now. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, but that was that was out of like what Porter Ranch? Uh, no, it was like kind of far away. But like oh. ten out of ten, if you're gonna join a cult, like Ma Mahikari. Do that one, not yeah. that that weird one taste one. That have you heard of that? No. Like weird sex cult in SF. Huh, that sounds bad. But yeah. Very, yeah it's, it's but it doesn't. I guess I'm I'm asking about the cult aspect because regardless of if it's a cult or not, it doesn't sound like it was. Entirely destructive, like oh yeah. no, I had a yeah. like very, very like perfect, ridiculously perfect childhood. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. You have the outline. Yeah. What about you? In terms of my childhood and whatnot. Yeah, was it like was it really terrible? No, um, it was good. I mean, I know that my book. We'll probably talk a little bit about my book today, and I know that my book. Some I people. Want to. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Some people have called my book dark, but I would say I also had a. Pretty perfect childhood. And not, you're not like Johnny from The Outsiders. Nope, nope. Okay. Um, you know, two, two loving parents. I was actually homeschooled, so... Oh my god, what the fuck's that like? It was good. I mean, yeah. you might describe it as a little bit sheltered, but... Uh, I grew up in a gated community, so... Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's nothing like growing up like that, per se, but yeah, no, like... Uh, you're looking at us like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> No. I feel I don't even know if Dan knows that I was homeschooled. I think I've I talked. Know, to, you told no, me. okay, I've talked about it on, online before. Yeah. Um, I think I got a really good education that way. Oh, I bet. Um, like, I, I suck at math for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm not like a math guy either, but I just think that it was probably good. No, no, you know, I'm not. Can you open up an algebra book without crying? Uh, <laughs> probably mm. so. See? All right. <laughs> I just think um, the kind of environment I grew up in where. Uh, just education and reading and, mm. and, and this, that, and the other thing were taken pretty seriously. So that, I think, st continues to benefit me. Um, sure. I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of TV now. I'm like an anti, I'm not like a kill your TV guy, but like I didn't watch a lot of TV growing up. And I feel like not doing that, not being like, uh, <laughs> you know, sucked into like all the pop cultural stuff that all the other kids yeah. my age were doing. You know, at times growing up, it was like isolating because I wasn't necessarily like, yeah, I wasn't. Isolating, but it made you 
better than other people, so it's fine. You yeah, know? like I think I, I my imagination sort of had more time to develop on its own without immediately getting plugged into. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what's like for kids growing up nowadays with like TikTok oh, and everything. That's they yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like my mom would always buy me like every book I wanted, and before I could read, I would just pretend to read. And she wouldn't correct anyone if I was reading it loud, and um, like I grew up on oldies. Yeah. Too. So yeah. like I never. Mm -hmm. yeah, like I always, like a little bit of a. Like you, I don't know. You, your parents were you were exposed to like older music, older. Yeah, books. I mean yeah. they weren't. I wasn't. They weren't strict with me by any means. Like I've never been grounded in my whole life, but um. Like his own swag, his own style. Like he wears Hawaiian shirts with business attire. Like he's his own person. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. Is he still up nearby? Yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah, I saw him earlier today. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, we. I guess you ta started talking a little about like you know reading as a kid and whatnot. What What would you say is like your writer origin story? I mean, oh. we'll get into ruthless little things specifically. UCLA, but. UCLA book fair. I bought. Mm. Um, Lauren Otero's Idiot Girls Action Adventure Guide. And that's not any book that any nine-year-old should read. Like, <laughs> she talks about, like, being an alcoholic and going to jury duty with, like, holes in her crotch and her like, no. pantyhose. But, like, it was so fucking funny. And, but how old were you when you... I was nine. Yeah, that is wow. pretty young. <laughs> so, like... Yeah. But it was so funny. I'm like, wait, you can be... You can just be a writer and be a total wreck? Like, this is great. <laughs> and... I, just, I loved it, and I actually got a certificate that said, like, you know, you're a member of the Idiot Girls Action Adventure Club. Wow, I've never heard of this book, but it sounds like it had an influence. I still have it somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just say yeah. for the, the audience, we're in Eris' apartment, and there's uh, hundreds of books. Yeah, these are, these are the ones that have survived all the yeah, moves. Yeah, yeah. So, I have more. But um, I'm happy about the ones I have still. Yeah. So that was, like, your initial kind of spark to get into lit literature? That was, one what was it called? The Idiot Adventure? The Idiot Girls Action Adventure Club gotcha. by Lauren Otero. And, um, I mean, also, like, I was always that kid, like, who would just be in the library all the time. Because reading was such a great escape. It's like that William Gibson quote, like, reading was probably his first drug. Or, it's, it's a William Gibson quote. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. William Gibson who wrote, like, Neuromancer and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... <sighs> But, and did you did you started writing at a at a young age or was that more recent? That was the first the, poem I got published. I wrote oh. it when I was I wrote it when I was in Canada it's, on ketamine. Oh, oh shit! Wow. Which one? Um, Runaway. Oh, Runaway by Elizabeth Archer. Oh, oh. I mean, oh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a hell of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading Runaway by Elizabeth Aldrich. <laughs> she was resurrected in the back of her father's pickup truck it starts that's so pretentious you can read it online but wait, this is <laughs> the first book yeah I have the, I have the best bio mm. okay a helpful and fun this looks older even you got a couple what are these stars of David on this anyway, oh cool this is uh, just for the reader or yeah. listeners this is an illustrated book that Eris illustrated when she was younger. You, you, you must have been like 9 or 10, right? Look at the back. Oh, yeah, okay. So Elizabeth is 7 years old. Her hobbies are swimming, rollerblading, having fun, helping, sleeping, reading, watching movies, TV, 
Drawing, making new friends. <laughs> you forgot building the rain. I like to build the rain. Oh, yeah. That's the last line. It was just made in school. Yeah, I have a bowl cut as well. <laughs> yeah, there is a bit of a bowl cut. Wow. Didn't we all? Yeah. This is amazing that you just kind of have your whole life I didn't even, in this apartment. I didn't know about Courtney Love yet, and she's basically right there. Like. Wait. <laughs> 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 Damn. Yeah? Um, this is some, some but great like then, then it got really into Michelle T and um, yeah that whole thing. like that whole sister spit literary scene. So a lot of uh, I mean this is probably this is kind of retarded to say, but like a lot of like female writers. Yeah, no, I was yeah. really really <laughs> only reading female authors yeah. until like I read Manuel's book and I was like, wait, I can relate. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it was it was pretty good. I, yeah, I have a lot to catch up on. Gotcha. Um, Maybe this is oh. an interesting point to zero in on. Uh, oh, yeah, how did you come to meet Manuel? Oh, so um, I met. I have this um, boyfriend. I met through Discord. Mm -hmm. through, uh, online. Of course, yeah. Through drugs. It's really through <laughs> drugs. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, great yeah, connector. <laughs> <laughs> So, but he had, he had this impeccable taste in, like, music and literature, and so he he bought me Haunted Girlfriend. He's also bought me... You know, yeah, by James Nolick, right? I, yeah. He bought me um, Stupid Baby by... Um, oh, I've heard of Stupid Baby. Uh, I can't pronounce his name. I don't know. By, uh, by that guy Ellison, right? Scott Ellison? Or New Juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah no, New Juice. I've never read anything by New Juice, but I know he's, like... A major... For the record, I just crawled across my living room uh, <laughs> to get that. Yeah. Like, um, like Smeagol. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, New Jush. Never read anything by him, but he's, he, you know, he's published with, like, um, Nine Banded Books and whatnot. He's kind of mm -hmm. part of... He, he may, he's, maybe he's published with Expat now, too. I mean, he's part of that whole... I mean, definitely Amphetamine Sulfate. I love them so much. Yeah, like amphetamine right sulfate, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Manuel calls it. We we did a podcast with Manuel a couple months ago, and yeah, he calls great. it. You know, like you you hear things like outsider lit and dissident lit, but I guess he likes the term um, countercultural lit or mm -hmm. just counter. You know. Yeah, and I yeah. love I love so much how amphetamine sulfate hates the transgressive. Yeah, oh yeah, that was what that was what Manuel specifically rejected was transgressive fiction, which mm -hmm. I uh, I agree with. I mean, I've probably been guilty of using the term transgressive fiction because, like, to like a normie audience, I think that's what they think of is like stuff that explores themes that are like not socially acceptable or whatever. But yeah, past a certain point, transgressive fiction is like a pretty pretty stupid box to put yourself in. It's like yeah. it, it conjures to mind the image of being transgressive for its own sake, which is. Like pretty stupid. I just, so I just don't like it, and I yeah. I'm, I'm a fucking edgelord. I'll be the first to admit it. Like, and I just, I just feel like you know that's so general. It's gone. Yeah, it's, it's meaningless at this point. It is meaningless. It's kind of like who or what are you transgressing? Yeah, yeah transgressive exactly. fiction. It's just it doesn't say anything. 
Yeah. And like outsider, at least it, it does say like there's a corporate publishing world and you're on the outside. That yeah, makes sense. I, I like outsider a bit more, but yeah, countercultural, I guess. Or countercultural. We term, like that term too. du jour, yeah. I mean, in 2018, there was an email exchange between me and Sam Fink, which is actually really embarrassing. And I'm glad that he didn't bring it up when I met him. But he was just like, <laughs> he's just like, literature is literature. And then I think he did something to signify like, <laughs> oh, like blowing smoke out of yeah, the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> that's kind of funny. I mentioned something embarrassing, so we'll never talk about it. But um, <sighs> yeah. So I no i think that's the best way you know literature but is I do literature like the whole cyber writing term thing yeah cyber writing gets to the heart of something because we're all very online people and, and very very online and kind of <laughs> inf- influenced by like the cultural moment of like blogging yeah, like, that's a little why I'm bit so used to El work Nash's, um, like el nash okay. el nash's yeah. um like live journal gaggers live Right. I've never really been on live journal but that was that was kind of big in the 2010s right like just kind of Write it. The, what was the idea there? You just is you just, you just write about your life. Like, write no about one your really life. Cared about privacy. There are just a lot of yeah. sad, mentally ill people who wrote a lot. Mm-hmm. And we bonded. Like, I yeah. got you were on there. I got yeah. engaged with someone I met through there. Um, <laughs> actually, like Valerie is inspired by how I felt after I broke up with this girl there. From there, and then they actually bonded over their hatred over me, which is oh no, amazing. It's never fun. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that was a great time on the internet. Yeah. So you, you had, like, a live... I mean, I'm, I'm forgive my ignorance here. Like, I've never really been on live journal. Is it, is it even still up as a website? I got bought by the Russians. Oh, <laughs> by the Russians, okay. Yeah, but no one really uses it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it feels very 2010s. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. Like 2013, yeah. 2014. That mo- I remember I was dating a woman in an... Uh, open marriage and she had a a live journal and like it coalesced in my mind or you know was cemented in my mind is this is like that type of thing (laughs) that this is yeah like like what do you mean like um like people uh, who are an outlet for people who are a little more uh libertine shall we say yeah absolutely Yeah, yeah. yeah So, I guess we can talk a little bit about Ruthless Little Things, too. Like, would you say... Wait, no, I want to ask you how... Okay, yeah. You're asking me about my book? Salvarism! Salvarism! <laughs> like, how... Did you... After you thought about it, did you Google it? You're like, I couldn't be the first person to think of it. It's just fucking genius. Like, what was the moment like? I mean, okay, so I came up with that uh, for people who... I mean, I don't, I don't think all of our listeners have read my book, so... The Falgar Well, they should because it's really good. And if I can read it in rehab with no attention span, you can read it too because I devoured it. It's really fucking good. Thank you, Eric. Absolutely. It means a lot, yeah. And if, I, if it was bad, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> I'm his co-host, hey, so I'm obligated to, to lie about yeah. this. But I'm not lying. It's a great book, and I read it in one sitting. I'm, Thanks, dude. Everyone knows I'm a bitch. I would not lie. <laughs> well, I really appreciate it from both of you. But the Falgorithm, uh, for people who don't know, it's a kind of a satirical element of my book satirizing, uh, like, postmodern literary theory uh, where a professor and his graduate student underling have come up with the concept of uh, a method of close reading from which you can uh, deduce uh, the penis size of any male writer uh, yeah, that's that's basically what the algorithm is, and yeah, it was actually a really I thought of that well before. Um, oh, 
clothes. You just fit it into the book. Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to get. I was. I was. So I started writing Dragon Day when I was a freshman in college, or I. I didn't really start writing it because I didn't know what I was doing with regard to writing, but I started thinking of it when I was a freshman in college, like Toby in the book, mm-hmm. and I finished it when I was like 20, I think it's 25 or 26. So kind of like the narrator in the book. So it kind of, I mean, it took me way too fucking long to write it or to, you know, I didn't know, no, I didn't know how to write. So I feel like once you yeah. start, when you start a book, you start it as one character and you end it as a different character. Yeah, no, sure. totally. And like, I, I was in college, I was, you know, out of college, I was working, I, I didn't have a good writing practice, so it was kind of just... It was the novel that I've been kicking around in my head for years, and I finally executed upon. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, took me, it took me too long. But that's neither here nor there. No, what I'm trying to say... the exact amount. Right. It was, it, yeah, it always ends up feeling like it was kind of meant to be that you, you wrote it when you write it. But, exactly. Um, yeah, I thought of the... I was a freshman in college, kind of like Toby the novel, walking around. I wasn't as nearly as dark and depressed as him. I didn't, my life was pretty good. I have very fond memories of college. But I, um, no, not really, actually. Uh, I mean, oh, we can get into that later, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, maybe you know, we we all have, we all have, yeah, we all have, we all have heartbreak, right? But, um, no, I was, I was just, I was exposed to a lot of literary theory that struck me as like termites like it was like people deconstructing literature oh. in a way that kind of ruined it oh, like, um, oh and sometimes like, of a certain things which doesn't have any fucking flavor yeah oh. kind of like that like just really um deducing i was i was exposed to a lot of not to get too political about it but i was exposed to a lot of people who were like oh all these straight white male writers are so problematic and look how i, I think the algorithm kind of comes out of that like the notion of um the fear of of being uh of being read literally mm. but then also figuratively like being read in a social situation and like having someone like it's, it's i would say it's kind of a metaphor for social anxiety as well like the notion that like oh my god they're all you know I, I'm, I'm just gonna be crass like they're all they're all gonna see me naked and like they're yeah. gonna think my dick is small something like that totally. but like applied to to literature and the notion of like how does anyone supposed to like write something honest when there's all these um you know termites of literary theory attacking now i don't necessarily think that's a huge societal problem because in the grand scheme of things literary theory doesn't matter but yeah 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 that yeah that definitely i mean and you know with the character in the in the novel toby Mm -hmm. he's really he's cripplingly self-conscious um, and that was probably somewhat of a David Foster Wallace influence, if I'm being totally honest. I, I really responded to the characters, and he's—I was—I was like a David Foster Wallace bro when I was like 16, 17, yeah. and I responded to the characters in his novels who were like super shy and. Well, I haven't. You know, you know, like I said, I haven't really read any. I have a lot of kids. Have to do no, with I, you, you don't so. need to. I, no, you definitely I, don't need to read. I, <laughs> I, I need to read Infinite Jest for the love of I mean, yeah, you, I actually feel like you might like Infinite Jest. No, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, I loved. Um, I know it's not the same, but I loved Finnegan's Wake so much. Oh, I haven't. See, I haven't read Finnegan's Wake. Like, we all have catching up to do. I mean, none of us. We, we you know, we all grew up like TV babies and whatnot. I don't think any of us have read like everything. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nor could you. Yeah. Like, you have to pick and choose. Yeah. I mean, but like, no, when you, when you, when I first read the algorithm, well, first I read it out loud to my, um, my roommate, because uh, I was laughing hysterically, and, and then I was like, what would Andrew Dworkin think? What would, like, 
Yeah, Dworkin's interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. I love her fiction a lot. I, I didn't realize she wrote fiction. Yeah. Yeah. As you said it, I'm just like, wow. She yeah. yeah. I mean, that would be huge. She's she's like a huge inspiration to me because she would just write about like just being on speed in New York and just being really poor and like she's just she's just so fucking brilliant. But um, but I'm like I'm staring at woman hating right now, and like I think. I think she would have found this algorithm really fucking funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dworkin. I've not read much Dworkin. I kind of just know her as, like, this, quote-unquote, anti-sex feminist. Yeah, which is, like, it's super wrong. But it probably is wrong, so correct my correct me then again, I haven't if and when I'm wrong. Then again, I have by her, which is her most famous. Well, there is something interesting about Dworkin because my impression, and again, I'm probably wrong. I haven't read it. But my impression is, she wait, she said all sex is rape. That's Dworkin, right? Uh, she says that? I think so, yeah. She, no, that's from a fiction, and she's like, um, I to my to the best of my, if I recall correctly, she is um, uh, paraphrasing. Um, she's paraphrasing the phrase, "All coitus is punishment for this solitude, for pleasure being alone, or something like that." Huh. But it's when she's, huh. it's when her character is going insane, like um, from poverty and stuff in New York. Um, that's from a fiction book. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't, I will, I, you know, I, I, will, I don't want to be able to... I mean, like, I, I've done porn, I'm very pro, mm-hmm. um, I'm very, I'm more like an Andy Sprinkle kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. But, just that notion, uh, regardless of the, like, overall, it, whether it, whether or not it's, like, Dorkin's overall intellectual position or, or what, just the notion of all sex as rape, um, or all sex as having some kind of domination aspect to it um but even if that was true like why would you know why would it be bad like right i've actually gotten <laughs> off to like some woman hating honestly oh i don't doubt it you know <laughs> i think a lot of people do you know it's it's pretty normal part and parcel of sexuality but i i, I view dorkin again not coming from the perspective of someone who's read much of her as someone who was just like dealing what's up you just you judge her by the overall no <laughs> not even but like um i'm just kidding i know yeah <laughs> she's just someone who's kind of dealing with that notion of the 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 you know that the, the domination submission element mm-hmm. of sex and maybe uh and that's that looms pretty large in my novel too i would say there there is like this notion yeah. of everything being penetration everything uh be you know like it boils down to when he gets the shit beaten out of yeah him. and obviously the character in my book does get raped <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, although it happens at the beginning. And um, power, put it this way. So I, to speak on the algorithm, um, mm-hmm. I was interested in a lot of like kind of Freudian and pro- post-Freudian critical theory stuff. Mm-hmm. Interested, maybe I sort of made fun of it and I did satirize it with this algorithm. But nevertheless, I was genuinely interested in it. Yeah. And a lot of that boil, like if we're talking about Foucault even, mm-hmm. a lot of it boils down to deducing power dynamics in society and like where... Mm-hmm. Power no, I mean, dynamics even if you were exist. It, you don't. You have everything in a very genuine way because a lot of people like they satirize or they. And you can just tell like nothing they make or put out is genuine, and you're just like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Um, but so you're not like that at all. Like you. So it's. So it's yeah, it was just like something I was, I guess, grappling with and trying to be nuanced. Plus, about. you also like brought up like the whole like. And then there was a lesbian in the group that you know. Yeah. And then didn't you have like a little. There's like a little, hmm. like which a part? Graph. Which part? Um, like when they have the meeting. Yeah, there's like a graph. Yeah. Yeah. 
So like you even you, you thought of everything. <laughs> yeah, there's like a lesbian, and, yes. and she talks about like the potential for like a a vaginal will to power yes. or something. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, this is the type of stuff that like I was kind of exposed to in college. A lot of people are. And like I'm, you know, I'm I'm not progressive in that way, or I'm not um, of that critical theory type bent. But I, like, it's a queer creative process in college. Like I went. I yeah, went no, it's that kind of class. So like, yeah, no, I was I was influenced by all that, and I kind of mm-hmm. satirized it, but also kind of got something from it, I guess. And Absolutely. I I do I think there's a lot too. Like there's something very to use a term from like the the the, the internet, the online right. There's something very red pilling about you know about reading uh, Freud and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You you read that stuff and you you it my changes the way. Book. What's that? My favorite book. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you read Freud. You read people who were influenced by Freud, like Lacan, who is probably one of the most direct influences on the algorithm because he he wrote a lot about dicks and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, he didn't write that's that's a little crass. He wrote a lot about the phallus. <laughs> but you you read that stuff, and you know it, some of it's really bloated and pretentious and bullshit. But also you can read that stuff, and you it does change the way you view reality, and it does change the way you view social dynamics, and like. Yeah, I'm not, I'm definitely not a Lacanian. I'm not even really a Freudian, but like that stuff, kind of like what you, to, to bring it a little bit weirdly full circle, like you were saying how like the San Fernando Valley is always part of you. Like you yeah. read stuff like that in college and even if, and like you were saying, you don't really like the Valley, but it's part of you. you. I went through college and I read that stuff. So now it's part of me. It's part of my outlook. Oh, even yeah. if I'm rejecting it. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, like yeah. I have to stop myself from like I'm. Just, some people want to talk to me about feminism. And I'm like, God damn it, don't do this. I'm like, skeleton jazzes <laughs> or like SJW will come out and be like, No, don't do this. You don't want me to get this. So sometimes yeah. I'll just be like, Oh, I hate men. Just to, to completely avoid the topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Which I don't hate yeah. men. I think men have it hard. <laughs> you think Toby has it hard? <laughs> the hardest, dude. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well. James, James Nolick uh, blurbed both. One thing we have in common, besides mm-hmm. living in the valley, is that James Nolick blurbed both our books. And he, his blurb for my book surprised me, but yeah, then I came to. Too. I did not accept like, the, rape, I yeah. the rape scene when it said insult classic. Right, yeah. So it's. <laughs> but but I, I like that blurb from James. No, I think, he's yeah. amazing. Yeah, no, yeah. he's great. I mean, and I love what he said about my book, too. Yeah. What, what, yeah, what, let's read what he said about your book. He says, uh, Elizabeth Victoria Aldrich speaks more truth in this slim, elegant glitter bomb than most writers speak in an entire lifetime. Yeah. I like my quote from James Nolick, but you, you, you got the, you got the, you got the better one. <laughs> you got insult classic, though. That's true. That's yeah. amazing. Both are nice. Yeah. Glitter bomb is, is a nice word, though. Yeah, I know. I yeah. Know that. You were saying something about glitter. Didn't you say there was there was some glitter connection to the uh, oh, the Mahikari, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and a little little synchronicity there, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I just I love glitter. I'm a glittery person. Yeah, no, your your imagery online is very glittery, yeah. and um, the book. I guess it's not technically glitter, but there's a. I think there are references to glitter. Yeah, for no, sure. There are definitely because yes. I, I would go to the library and I would go get those like fruits, those Japanese fashion magazines, and I would just write down their outfits. And also, I have like I was wearing all this makeup. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that was important, but it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's what I wanted to read about. I wanted to read about fucked up girls with lot, like a lot of makeup on, doing drugs. Yeah. Well, and you wrote a book about it. <laughs> 
I mean, this is a this is a Thank stupid you. question. I love stupid questions. But like, the book is pretty autobiographical, right? Well, okay, a lot <laughs> of stuff didn't happen. I mean, yeah. Um, honestly, it's kind of interesting how, like, a lot of things that people are sure was real isn't, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, interesting. Not to put you on the spot. Yeah, I don't yeah. give a fuck. Ask yeah, me. yeah. No, I mean, what? Uh, I guess what are. I don't know. I'm not going to ask what was real and what wasn't, but I mean, it's like, it's rooted in well, your like, life. Uh, like, you know, the whole, like, the mansion thing? Where they yeah. go to the guy's was, house? Yeah, that was yeah. inspired by a porn I watched. It did. Well, it felt like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm glad that it wasn't um, necessarily entirely autobiographical. Joyride was, yeah. um, that was originally a live journal entry from 2012. Joyride. That's what the chapter is called, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but... Um, yeah, that was great. That was, like, the first time Elle, like, edited something I wrote, and, oh, she's so magical. Who's Elle? Elle Nash. Elle Nash. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I know, I know. I mean, I don't know her. I don't know that much about her. I mean, the name rings a bell. Yeah, edited by Elle Nash. That's, yeah. Yeah, she, she also writes for Expat, and she has a book coming out with Expat, or? Um, what, um, she's, like, friends with Elizabeth Ellen, and, um, maybe she's Elle Nash. She has her own Wikipedia page. She has her own Wikipedia page. I will look and up. She has a great page. website. She just redid it. Yeah. And, uh, nudes, what they have. Nudes. <laughs> um, is that such a genius title? Yeah, it is pretty good. Oh, wait, no. This is, um, um, Wikipedia. Um, I mean, I lost um, one of her books because I gave it to someone in rehab, unfortunately. Mm. Um, Okay, I'll get this right because I'm there. But, um, no, uh, she was there when we read this and this is one of Gabriel's. Oh, this is Hart. a crazy fucking. Oh, Gabriel. I should read Gabriel Hart because we're. You should! Oh my gosh, you have mutual... to No. Oh my no. God. I mean, you, you say you have catching up to do with. I mean, f fuck David Foster Wallace. Like, I should read some more of these people who, like, are actually. Alive. Yeah, are alive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, like... and follow me on Twitter. Yes, I owe them that. Like, yeah. I love like, yeah. um, I could read your book, and I could just, you know, message you in all caps. You're like, I'm reading your book. Yeah, it's so pretty right. cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, we it got a It must be great... a little unnerving, some book. Oh, no, I mean, when, when someone's complimenting your book, it's not that unnerving. It's it's mostly just fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Yeah. You read my book in rehab, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's cool. So there were, uh, is there no, like, interruptions? Yeah, yeah, on? yeah. You get a lot of good reading done during moments in life like that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no i mean like when i was in jail for the first time um i was telling manuel like because he hates when anyone interrupts his reading like he'd be so jealous of me manuel right now because like no one's interrupting yeah i know i mean i'm not i'm not saying i'm gonna like go to rehab or much jail, less jail yeah. to get good reading Jail's done more fun. but it sounds like you might get good reading done i mean i i love i mean playing. you went to college i didn't so i had to get it done somewhere yeah, there you go. I mean, if, yeah, I can see. I can see it. It's like <laughs> do, do your reading somewhere without distraction. Yeah, like I love um, even like long, torturous plane rides. I always look forward to because I know I can read like a whole fucking book. Yeah, what's you the, don't have to. What's the longest torturistic? I can't say. Um, the longest torturous yeah, plane ride. I've been. It's been a while. I haven't done as much traveling as I want, but probably my. I, I flew to Argentina. Yeah. I know that. You have to quote that song. Wait, wait, is that by Creed? <laughs> like post grunge, yeah, um, yeah. I took like a, I guess thirteen to sixteen hour flight to Argentina. Christmas, wow. Yeah, I, I, well, I don't remember too. what I read on that. That was like before I was reading as much as I do now. 
I'm, I'm mostly talking about my like four or five hour flight back to the East Coast where my family lives. I, I always like will read most of a book. Mm-hmm. I think I read like, have you, have you heard of Breakfast with the Dirt Cult by Samuel Finley? It's like a frog Twitter book that's going around. I read that recently. So. No, but I'm looking for that. What were you saying? I, well, I was going to say I actually read Dragon Day on a flight to Vegas, but my longest flight was to Hong Kong from New York. What? Oh, that's like the longest like flight. Hours. Yeah, yeah. Or was oh one my of God. So I read, I think, yeah. at least two novels on that How many flight. shit did you take on that flight? <laughs> uh, that's a good well, question. I, yeah, yeah, at least one. <laughs> at least one, yeah. <laughs> I mean, 19 hours, That's uh, yeah. that was long. Yeah, I think the longest is like 26 hours or something, right, to Indonesia? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, but, yeah, no, that's that's crazy. I've never been on anything that long. But yeah. I usually yeah. just, um, the last flight I went, well, when I went to, from here to New York, I was like, I'll stay up for three days, so I'll sleep on the plane. I did not sleep on the plane. <laughs> I can't sleep on planes, Yeah. Um, Oh, for me, moving vehicles, I fall right asleep. Oh, yeah. oh good for you. I You're lucky. I it's the most can't. No, it's because, yeah. you know, like, when you're a baby. And, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like, cars always, I love car rides. I fall asleep. Really? I've, like, almost never fell asleep in the car since I was a baby. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. That's good. <laughs> well, you're the visual one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Matt's been driving us around. So, so it's good. Yeah. I, I'm, mo- I'm usually <laughs> the driver, so it's good that I'm not falling asleep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm staying with Matt right now. The new ride team is based in L.A. this week. Yep, so. yeah. <laughs> Why did you pick the name Toby? Oh, oh, it's the most stupid fucking story ever. Awesome. Um, I mean, like, really stupid, like, really Great. disappointing. I was in a creative writing class, mm-hmm. and there was some exercise where we all uh, had to write a sentence and then pass it to our left and make that the first sentence of our story. And I got the... Uh, some sentence, I don't remember the sentence, but it had the name Toby in it. And I used that uh, as my story, the short story that later became Dragon Day was that story. So someone else so picked cool. it for me. But he was such a Toby. You think he, so? I've, he could oh, be yeah. any other name. You think? Okay. Yeah, yeah no, okay. that was... I've, I've gotten the opposite reaction. I've had people tell me, Toby doesn't sound like a real person's name. Well, they don't fucking know <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I think it really started to stick. Mm-hmm. Um, if I hadn't been Toby, I would have named him something like Max or something stupid. Like Toby, I think Toby's a good balance of like, like if it stands out Toby, a bit. Yeah. You are going to be a loser of some sort. Toby, maybe in, it, just, in it seems killer. very tormented. Yeah, yeah. Like. You need a pillow? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I really do appreciate your interest in my, in my book, and I, I think yeah. thank you for asking me at the Falgrim because at first I'm like. You know, it's been a while since I wrote Dragon Day, like, you know, longer even. Than, I, I, it was finished for, like, over a year before it came out kind of thing. So, like, part of me is just, like, the algorithm, you know, that's something I, would like, came up with as a satire a while ago. But then you get me talking about it. And, yeah, no, I think it, that whole notion of, like, self-consciousness and whatnot um, that it corresponds to, I do think, gets to the heart of, of what I like about Dragon Day. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. because, um... Like, because you, I mean, the thing about when you do something really bad is you want to know why, and then you have that whole book to explore it, and it's just really just fucking good. And you like that structure where it's like, yeah, you know, from the beginning, absolutely, that something very bad happened. Yeah, yeah, and there's an outside observer, and then it's just no. I really like that setup a lot. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I thought it was. I I don't think I've read anything like that before. Yeah. Thanks so much. Gosh. No, and I, I obviously I think I already said this, but you know, your book 
was great. I mean, a fantastic, uh, slim volume like mine, just out, you know, glitter bomb is a good word because it's just a lot of, uh, emotion and drama. I feel like um, it's like split into like two people kind of, there's like the prosy one and then there's just like, yeah, the... there's like prose narration and, and then, then kind of impressionistic poetic passages, you know, just, you know, stuff from like a, an asylum kind of. Yeah, I think it's a really apt title. I mean, those <clears throat> little things, that is written in there, that's a, a sentence, mm -hmm. but it, like, it conjures very much the image of, I think, like, the, I don't know if there's one protagonist here, but, mm -hmm. like, you know, it's well, basically one Speaking of right? that, yeah. it was actually originally called Ruthless Little Thing, and then Manuel was like, no, it, it's Things, and I was like, yeah. and then I asked Damien, because I thought Fucked Up was the best name of a book ever so i'm like what do you mm -hmm. think damon he's like definitely plural so i stuck with it yeah it's great i mean manuel didn't do it on purpose or like anything like that but i thought it was a good accident because ruthless is well ruthless and little things is cute ruthless so i think is very much ruthless. in the valley okay that's very valley inspired what me. that you the use of that word yeah. yeah i mean is that like people say like ruthless well, I mean, in the valley. I mean, maybe <laughs> just went, maybe just for me personally when I was like. Because I know that like people say like depending on where in America, but like savage and stuff like that. Dude, yeah, I have a pin that says savage. Well, the G fell off, so now it just says savage. But like, <laughs> but it's <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the first page I saw of this book was from yeah the Joyride section mm -hmm. where he um you go to some what was it called. I'm trying but to I just, page. The thing that I like yeah. about that is that, like, you can tell that she just, like, she's making all of the bad decisions, and she wants to. Like, mm -hmm. that's what I like. About yeah. That. No, that that is an interesting element of it, and that's, uh, I, I like this kind of... because I just said that was true. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but um, I like this kind of book. Um, I Have you read much Dennis Cooper? I read The Slut. Yeah, I actually haven't read The Sludge. I've read a lot <gasps> of other so things. Um, I mean, I put him in this category a little bit. Uh, like, literature about people making bad decisions. I mean, Less Than Zero is also kind of like this, yeah. um, which I was going to get to in a second because that's also Valley said. But um, people making bad decisions, and it's not like they're making it and they're super excited about them. They kind of know they're bad decisions, but there's just this detached neutrality. Exactly. Um, perfectly put about doing it and that's always i'm very much not like that in my personal life like that's i'm good. blah 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 i'm not i'm not even tooting my own horn here just i i i, I i'm i'm conscientious i don't whatever like i, I i'm neurotic i i worry about things but I, I it's kind of liberating and it's also like a this is maybe a dumb reference point that i've been making too much lately but um like the show euphoria like i don't know i i sometimes like taking in this kind of fiction or this kind of TV because because it's so seen, much not like me. I've only seen a few a few scenes, but it, it was very much oh my gosh, I'm done. Yeah, I mean that too. That show too uh, is you know kind of like your book, I guess a little bit. So, I mean, times because it's about drugs. I had some guys say the shit that he says to that one girl when he's in the bathroom. He's like, "You're fucked up." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that reminds me. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a prevalent like genre of, of fiction and of TV where it's about drugs and about people doing drugs or, or other <laughs> other types of bad decisions and um, there's yeah there's just that detached give no fucks tone mm -hmm. and yeah as someone who's not very much like that 
in my day to day life, it's it's always interesting hmm. to dip into it. You know what I mean? Huh. Um, what's it like? What's what's what well, I mean, like? Like you know, you'd be like, yeah. Oh. I mean, because I, I don't know. I don't really have like. I mean, I have very strong values. Yeah. But the, hmm, how do I say this? I'm, I'm morally. Yeah, no, you don't seem. You don't seem like you give no fucks. You don't, well, you seem a little bit like that, but also, like, you have values. You know what I mean? I think, I'm not saying, the like, things you, I give a fuck about, I give a super fuck about. Yeah, no, you know, you're, yeah, you, you're very passionate about, like, I mean, you, I don't know you that well, but you, you're very passionate about, like, literature and, like, yeah, like people um, in your life. Obviously, and, house cleanliness. <laughs> or not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think the world is evenly divided between people who don't give a shit and people who do or anything like that. I just, I'm just talking about a certain tone in books, including in yours, where it's like, whatever happens, happens, roll the dice, you know. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, uh, this is really neither here nor there. I mean, I... Um, I just found it really interesting. What's that? I just find it really interesting because I'm usually just talking to, like, really fucked up meth addicts lately, so... We'll just, you know, they don't have very good morals, so I'm just like, oh my gosh, you're a good person. <laughs> What's it like? I'm not sure if I'm a, I'm a good person. But yeah, yeah, I don't want to judge. I'm at the opposite of, yeah, I don't want to, I'm not, no reputation, man. Yeah, 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 right, I gotta, I have a, I have a, I have a bad boy uh, image to cultivate, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. part of the online right. You wrote an incel classic. I wrote an incel classic, watch out yeah. for me, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I was just gonna say, I get... This is, uh, I, I get really into like when I recognize a location in a book and being oh, from yeah. the valley, there was a lot of that in this little things. I mean, I was telling you earlier when we talked about how there's two McDonald's in Encino, like yeah. I immediately knew both McDonald's. I immediately got how one could confuse the two because they're both on Ventura. Um, and I think the first thing I ever saw from your book was someone had posted a screenshot of, yeah, I think it's in Joyride, where they go to that Mediterranean restaurant in Malibu. Yeah. Have you been there? What's it called? Like, Taverna Tony's. Taverna Tony's. Yeah. yeah. Kind of overpriced, but good. And I've been there, uh, and I, I saw that, and I was like, holy shit, I got to buy this book. <gasps> it's got Taverna Tony's in it. Oh like, I'm, gosh, I'm just that person, like, that's, I get really into... Like locations and like movie no, locations. That's fucking cool I was like, shit. this, yeah. yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, I like that element of um, less than zero, like we were talking about earlier with mm -hmm. new cars and stuff. Like, I, I remember, see. so I read less than zero before I ever moved to LA, mm -hmm. and I just I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't really get all that. And then I read it again about six months after moving to LA and after moving to the Valley. And I was like, holy shit, I know every fucking street in this book. And, uh, yeah, no, I, and then when I saw that in your book about Taverna Tony's, I was like, that book, I'm also going to like, I'm going to know, I'm going to know the, the locations and, uh, <gasps> yeah, no, it definitely, definitely delivered. I'm trying to think if there's other ones, but um, uh, Mimi's Cafe in, uh, Chatsworth, right? Um, yeah. is it in Chatsworth? I know it's in right? I mean, there's, that's a chain, I think. Yeah, yeah. there's, uh, I'm talking about the one that's near, like, in and out Well, that sounds like every corner in California. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but no, 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 I know what you mean. I mean, there's a mention of the 242, 243 bus. Yeah. Mm. Well, this this is show, showing my, like, I, I don't know if this is bougie or what, but I, I, I'm not as familiar with the buses in, in L.A. Oh, I mean, I dated <laughs> a girl who drove me everywhere in a Jaguar. You're fine. You're, 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 like, that's, that's yeah. the beginning I actually, of the book. Public, public transpo, 
I think I've ridden one bus in LA, and it was a good experience. And you just I, said public transit that gives you away instantly. Does it give me away? <laughs> I'm sure transit, it does. I'm sure transit, transit. transit. But I think it's probably underrated. I think my impression is that no, it's terrible. No one likes it, especially in LA. I avoided it at all costs. Why I didn't think I'd ever go anywhere. It okay, smells. It takes too long. <laughs> the ones everywhere else are much better. But always date people with cars. All I can say is I took one bus from like Hollywood to Silver Lake once, oh. and it came in clutch. Like it can be convenient, and then if you combine that with Ubering, like you can really get around. But I've always just driven a car, you know. <laughs> But now with gas at fucking seven dollars oh. a gallon, you know, oh, yeah. maybe it's time to, yeah. I I just I failed the first time I took the written test. I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. The written test in California is really hard. I got like half the answers wrong. Yeah, yeah. The one I I learned to drive in Pennsylvania. <laughs> but every and... time I read the driver's manual, I fall asleep. <laughs> That's pretty boring. No, yeah. and every, I would use it. I would I would use the audio book to help me fall asleep for years. The audio book yeah. of the of the driver's yeah. guide, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The people that is a like a sleeping technique people use is like listening to really boring shit, and the California DMV manual probably fits that bill. Couldn't um, get much more boring yeah. than that. Oh yeah, it, it, it's better than Ambien. <laughs> you, uh, I don't even know why I'm bringing this up, but I'm just being chat, I guess. You, you said you were at the DMV earlier, right? Well, I we went and because my dad drove me, and mm. uh, it was closed because it was um, Shabbos. Right, it is Caesar Shadows. And then I was like, if I was in Yellow House, I'd fucking know that, but... <laughs> Actually, very few people know... Like, Caesar Chavez yeah. is, like, very California. I mean, like, I know do you know Caesar Chavez yeah. yeah. is... No, no, no. I didn't oh, realize yeah. that you have a day off. Yeah. Of um, I mean, I didn't for my work, but, like, schools have Caesar Chavez. Uh, Interesting. Or however you say it, yeah. Yeah. Fruit of him. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know that much about him, but he was, you know, he's he's he. A lot of people on the left like him. The workers, right? Yeah, he organized the workers, but he's also yeah, he's a little bit more like populisty. Yeah, like I actually, I think. think. Yeah, that's what I recall. I want to talk about how like you have the like the kind of. Like, I've been to a lot of queer co-ops in the Bay Area, and that yeah. kind of reminded me of Yellow House. Too. Yeah, for sure. And I lived in something like that in college. You oh, know? right on. Yeah. And I loved, like, I've never been to college, and I enjoyed, well, I have a little, but, and I enjoyed, like, how, like, I felt like I was at, like, Sarah Lawrence again, like, when mm. I was reading your book. Yeah, no, it has that, I, I you know, I, look. For the I, record, I took one class. I at have, Sarah Lawrence. I have, I have, at the Writing Institute, which is where I wrote the thing about smelling shit on the bus and i have a sweater but anyway um yeah i'm not trying to no 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 do anything. anyway yeah but it, it was just very like relatable yeah no i um people ask me about this because like the book is dark and it like satirizes elements of college we're like i loved every minute of college honestly and yeah it has that sort of ivy uh i not ivy league but um ivy covered walls lot yeah. uh, you know beautiful libraries mm-hmm. um there's some like but Toby loves literature and learning yeah know? yeah he he studies um you know english and philosophy and poetry and all mm-hmm. that which you know it's probably no shock to people that's also what i studied uh and yeah no it's um it's a really romantic image for me um and i have a lot of like academic people in my family and it just oh, yeah awesome. it's interesting moving to la because it's it, the culture is like a lot less academic oh, yeah. out here. Yeah, like my dad, um, he was making good money, so he's like, "Yeah, no, I dropped out of college to get falling asleep in class." Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's so dark, Lizzie. You know, 
Um, I don't think he, that man has seen the ending of any movie. He's went, gone to theaters to see. I love him so much. <laughs> he just falls asleep everywhere. But um, yeah, no, it's very different in L. Yeah, and I, I love L.A. I'm not even putting it down. And I think in oh, some I, ways I it's, just it's different. Like, yeah, it's just different. Yeah. I think in some ways it was good for me to kind of get out a little bit out of my comfort zone moving here. Uh, I think I probably could have like just. I always thought maybe I'd go into academia and I'm mm-hmm. kind of glad I didn't because I think it's a kind of a circle jerk and kind mm-hmm. of like it's portrayed in my book. Derivative, um, kind of. What's up? Derivative? Yeah. yeah, a little bit derivative or just like pretentious. Basically, I think the Ivy most Tower. pretentious thing you can ever do is worry about being pretentious. But I also, but I mean, I also know someone who's like, should I go into academia? Should I not? And I'm just, just like, doesn't seem that's, like a very... that's the decision you have to make. Probably jealous. Yeah. But, um, not to hate on them because they're great, but um, yeah. It's just so fucking insular. Ugh. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, probably could have taken that path, didn't? But anyway. Um, but I, I just, I do love college and, and all, all of the, um, yeah. what's it I mean, called? regardless, yeah. it's like a oh, yeah, magical no. time. It is. Yeah. I, I love the Sarah Lawrence bookstore. Oh, I'm sure. I've never oh, been there, but yes. I don't doubt it. Yeah. And I mean, Dragon Day is basically a coming of age novel. It's a dark coming of age novel, but nevertheless, and I think that's a part of it. It's like, coming of age is pretty fucking dark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you go to college, you become who you are or whatever. Um, that idea. Resonate in, in Toby's case, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't do that. He dies. Well, arguably, <laughs> he does in some sort. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. In a dark, in a dark way. Um, With a little help from a memorable character, Professor Wallingford. <laughs> Wallingford says. Yeah, oh. I think I, I think I'm like Wallingford. I'm more proud of having come up with Wallingford than I am with. I'm yeah, I'm. I'm Toby. most proud yeah. of like Valerie out of every anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the yeah it's a, it's almost a cliche but the villain is kind of the most interesting character to write mm-hmm. to to yeah yeah. Yeah. Do you relate more to Wallingford or Toby? Uh I Inside guess Inside you there are two wolves. <laughs> yeah. No, no, actually Toby though. I mean yeah, basically and and then like kind of Charles the narrator is sort of in between and I guess that's the person I relate to most. Um mm. I mean more more to Toby than Wallingford. I'm not uh I don't have that charisma that Wallingford has. Like I think well, that's. I mean, I wouldn't be afraid of you in a locker room. <laughs> <laughs> see that? See if like Rouge V would say that if I was Alpha, like everyone should fear me in a in a locker room. I don't know if you know who that is. Anyway, I I don't. But I was I was reading like you know how Scribd has like those terrible books because it's Scribd and you can the, like the Sparknotes versions. No, or... no, just like you can publish anything and yeah, so they'll have okay. those terrible yeah. things. Like there's a. Actually, I really enjoyed this book about like dirty hakus, but well, including them. But there's this one that's like how to be an alpha man. So I tried to read it, but it wasn't very helpful. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that stuff's kind of bogus. How do I be um, alpha? Tell me. Oh, um, I'm not the person to ask. You should ask Matt Forney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think he would. You know, we talked a lot. I don't. I don't. He would. I don't. He would say something really smart that i couldn't think of i mean no he i i said that as a joke but also like he actually was involved in that scene you know more than i ever <gasps> i should was. ask matt lawrence yeah yes. yeah yeah. oh for yes, sure yeah yeah matt lawrence matt lawrence is our first guest yeah. on this you podcast should, you should yeah. ask delicious tacos he has yeah. a lot of ideas about it matt lawrence is so great oh, no he is great yeah he's the best yeah oh what yeah. about you uh like what? i want to know how to be an alpha well alpha, alpha college 
Yeah, no. Stuff. I mean, Were you an author like, in college? You could spin it out. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I have a similar answer to Matt here. Like, I do not identify as an alpha or what have you. No, I mean, I think like, it'd be insulting if I thought. No, no, it's that. like, you know, like, I, every guy, I think, in some sense wants to believe, or you're, you're grown up to believe, like, you should be an alpha, you should be, you know, whatever. And, like, you know, not everyone naturally is. Very few people are. And that's why it exists as a thing. I mean, the, the female equivalent thing is, like, like at a strip club, there's always the alpha bitch. There's always the meanest stripper there. Some, I know, I have a magical power. I know how to get that girl to be my best friend. <laughs> that probably is a good It is. Power. I got her yeah. to uh, hold a sign up with my book name. But that's because I I paid on OnlyFans. I'm not going to lie. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I think it gets conflated with a lot of, like, in today's world, like, hatred Mm. for, like, toxic masculinity, alpha Mm. males, or, like, a a bad thing. And, Mm. like, I mean, I think as we've covered on the pod a lot, uh, that we don't think that at all, really. Mm. Like, there's not enough kind of, like praise for quote-unquote alpha masculinity absolutely and i completely like, agree and that's like you know okay it's okay to be alpha it's okay to you know uh, it's okay to be a not. fucking man for god's sake yeah <laughs> jesus yeah that's a we've talked about that on the pod for sure yeah like there's a lot like like Matt Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there's going to be... This is astrology bullshit, but yeah, there's a lot of hatred towards Mars Scorpio placements, which is, which is one, it's a big dick placement, and two, it's like a strong soldier placement. You know, I'm actually more interested in that. Like, I, I uh, you know, I'm not... I'm not like a, a strict believer in astrology you don't necessarily, need to be. I'm but actually, I, I, I do... I mean, we just did a show with uh, a writer named Brad Kelly who writes a lot about like tarot. Mm. Like I do fuck with the occult basically. Uh, yeah, anyone yeah. interesting does. Um, and I mean, not without necessarily like strictly believing in all of it. I, I always find it interesting the way it unravels just archetypes. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually like the way you put it. I kind of think low key like that could be like you know I, I do think there's kind of a lack of masculinity in society right now. I don't necessarily think like you know, like Trump and whatnot is necessarily the answer. I think there could be like mm-hmm. this because people are getting, I have this weird theory about it, like because people, you know, it, urbanite, shall we say, are getting more into the occult. Like mm. maybe there's a path forward for masculinity in that because they, because if you get into esoteric stuff, like, you know, it's got to be, you know, you got, you got to have Mars and Venus, you know, you have yeah. to have the moon and the sun. Like, um, I think there's like some, I think that what I'm dancing around is I think there's something like any, any real, there's a lot of like super feminist people who are into astrology and whatnot. That's the image. But if you really get into, to the types of archetypes that that stuff is dealing with, like you have, there's something kind of quote unquote trad about it. Like it's, it's very traditional stuff and traditional archetypes. A lot of people are trying to get away from that because there's a lot of queer astrology people. But right. um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, there's a lot of powerful men, male energy. There's a lot of powerful female energy. And you can't, I just think it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, you can't be everything in society I, is so, a lot of what, like, I, I'm kind of speaking in abstractions here. But, like, if I had to really pinpoint what I most stand against Mm-hmm. socio-politically it's 
all the forces that seek to mute masculine energy, but also feminine energy. Absolutely. Like the forces that are making us all like an amorphous blob, or even to quote someone archetypally right wing, like Bronze Age pervert, you know, the yeast life, the, the mirror life of just uh, horizontal reproduction without the, the powerful forces of feminine, masculine and feminine energy. So like, yeah, I don't, I'm not necessarily against like the sacred femme or whatever. And I some people, is, no, not at all. I, yeah. So I, I think, uh, do you know, what? okay. Like, there's something, my point is, I think that even, even though it's really associated with like super liberal stuff, I think there's something deceptively trad about, or trads, you know, maybe a silly word, but like there's something about, uh, a lot of that astrology stuff and occult stuff and, just uh, a lot of people are ass backwards right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like even some of the queerish stuff. Like I don't know. There's people who delve into I need gender. To, I need roles. to tell you an example. Yeah. Like okay, so there's there's this guy. Like I've obviously like I've been the abuser. I've been abused in domestic relationships. Do you? There is okay. One time I had more than once. My house has been the safe place for like this big black guy to come over here, and he was drooling on the floor. He got tased by his girlfriend. Like, I've been the one to help him out, and, like, he's not going to say anything because, like, people don't give a fuck. It's really yeah. sad. Like, and he was crying and drooling, and he wanted, he needed shoes. He was in bad shape. Like, and, you know, mm -hmm. no one's going to, like, be like, oh, okay, forget, pity him. And, yeah, like, no, male domestic violence is a thing. Absolutely. You know, the culture mm -hmm. doesn't really want to talk about. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you were going to you were gonna read me my chart, speaking <gasps> of astrology. Yeah, you want to do that? Okay. Yeah. So, I want to hear a story about your book. <laughs> oh. We'll get uh, into it. Yeah. No, sure. <laughs> yeah, you can you can tell her about Nutcranker, and it can be a kind of <laughs> teaser for... I don't know if Definitely. you... Definitely. Have, have you announced that it's coming out? Oh, uh, well... I haven't announced it yet. It's, I guess, not 100% official, but yeah. The contract is not signed, but it's... Is, yeah. um, my novel, Nutcranker, is probably coming out with Terror House. I'm very excited for that. And um, yeah, Nutcranker is... Um, it's kind of a... I like to describe it as a modern-day confederacy of dunces. It's uh, a satire of a kind of, like, edgelord alt-right, um, incel type, and, you know, it's, I mean, the way I like to describe it is, um, like, it's, when a, a normie, if a normie were to write such a satire, it would just be a kind of cruel, kind of, like, you know, Saturday Night Live, like, send-up, but, like, I, you know, our pod is called New Right, we are, you know, in some sense of the right, and like, yeah, I have empathy for the main character and like it's written from like, I can poke fun at him and I can do it from a perspective of like understanding him. And Not so, yeah, Nutcranker is, you know, it's Nutcranker. <laughs> yeah. I it's, mean, if you uh, can't have compassion for a character or empathy, then you're not really, you're not having a deep character anyway. So I'm, Exactly. You know. Yeah, you can't do a satire. Mm -hmm. Unless you actually have empathy for the characters. I think it makes them more authentic at everything you're doing. A skit, really. Mm -hmm.
it's a satire written from, you know, a kind of uh, right of center perspective. And, um, but also, like, I think there's something for it, uh, for everyone in Nutcranker. Nutcranker is, uh, interestingly enough, the name of a pornography aggregation website, (laughs) which, uh, on which the main character in Nutcranker posts his ongoing manifesto about the way the world is supposed to work. And he posts it in the, uh, comment forum of, no, it's not a real website. Oh, I've seen everything. Yeah, no, Nutcranker is an imaginary porn aggregation site where, so if you could imagine like how crazy, how stupid and crazy would it be for someone to be like, I'm going to post my manifesto of a, like a new way of understanding man in like the comment section under porn. Oh videos. my god, it's like um like and like xenofeminism on Queen Snake or something. Yeah, what whatever that is. <laughs> Someone's gonna know and they're gonna be like, oh Ellers is fucked up. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, it's um yeah. I'm so fucking psyched for that. Awesome. Yeah. No, I'll yeah, send you no, a copy. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah it's, oh god, my Bella's girl is really coming out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a wild ride. He's dumb question. You know, is it two words or one, or is it? Hyphenated? Oh, it's one. It's Thank like you. it's a That's website. A good question. Yeah, it's like in kind of like uh, web 2.0 spellings, like for apps. Mm-hmm. It's nut cranker, then without the uh, the e at the end. So it's crank, then r. Oh, perfect. So like, yeah, like so like grinder kind of. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, that's just. Tingles stylistically. And uh, the main character is, I, I'm very pleased with his name. It's uh, Spencer Grunhauer. And it's just a very, like, ugly, it's like a prissy, but then ugly. Yeah. And so Spencer Grunhauer. And he's. Um, I like that. I have a, like, synesthesia in that feeling. Yeah, it gives it you a like sensation. It feels like royal and then, like, yes. icky green. I love yeah, that. Exactly. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that that was the point. Too. And yeah. yeah. And so he, like, he, you know, is, is trying to navigate the world as a guy writing a kind of trad manifesto of the way the world should be. And, you know, obviously runs into all sorts of trouble. He starts dating a, a kind of woke progressive woman. Oh, no. And he's trying <laughs> to uh, turn her into, subvert her mm. and turn her into, like, a uh, submissive helpmate for him. <gasps> And oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, and, I love that dynamic. And it doesn't work. And she finds she finds she thinks that he's lying to her about his actual political beliefs, and uh, she discovers the lie. And uh, she also discovers a lot of his writing, where he also writes about how oh stupid god. she is. Oh my god! I wonder how she finds out. Uh, oh well, he just leaves his apartment, and she's like on his computer, and he just has the document open. <laughs> it's under like something like work files, and he's like, "Well, I thought she'd never look at my work files." Oh my god! And it's like a, his manifesto, oh. and so she discovers it, and uh, yeah, she's yeah. not very pleased. Well, I've I've read Nutcranker. Of course, uh, you know, an advanced copy, shall we say? And it is. It's a wild ride. Look how excited ride. both of us are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a wild ride. It's a lot of fun. It's very funny. It's, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. There's satirical elements to my book, but Nutcranker is like way funnier. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I had a blast writing it. I um, I was uh, we we both work in the entertainment industry, me and Matt. I was furloughed at the start of COVID, so I had a lot of extra time. So I just started writing four hours a day and I find you need to get into the rhythm to really do it. 
because like once you're writing four hours a day, you can just keep doing it. You, the voice is in your head. Yeah. But if you're like writing, like I'm going to write four hours on the weekend, uh, that's rough because yeah. like mm-hmm. then you like you sit down and you're like, well, what does that guy sound like? What is mm-hmm. so? Yeah, I was writing every day. And it just yeah. started flowing. That, that gets me back to what you were saying about how, like, it took you a while. Because, like, but... I know, didn't have a habit going. I do now. Like, but, like, stuff, yeah. you've had those characters live in your head for... Yeah. Because I was telling James Newlook, like, you know, I need to get this fucking book out of my head. Because, you know, Valerie's been living in my head for too goddamn long. I need them out. Yeah. You know? No, there really is yeah. something. When I was younger and learning about writing and, and books and stuff, I was like... Mm-hmm. Would you... You know, I, I couldn't imagine ever actually feeling that feeling like, oh, I need to write this. But when you get older... It becomes very real. Absolutely. Like it's, you, you are performing a kind of exorcism on yourself. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, what was your process in terms, like, in terms of writing Ruthless Little Things? Like, uh, this is not in any way to put it down, but it doesn't really feel like it was necessarily the product of like belabored writing every morning necessarily. Oh, absolutely. No, I. It kind of just yeah, felt no, like it came out when it needed to come out. Is it, that accurate? It's yeah. Extremely accurate. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you kind of sense, you know, there's a sense of urgency in some stuff, as well as, um, uh, you know, I, I'm not very good at editing, and whenever I edit stuff, it makes it worse, usually. Yeah. I add too many details, and it gets really scattered, so, um, no, yeah, so, like, a lot of it is pretty sloppy, although there is one, one, um, particular page that, um, can you hand me something? Uh, Um, what? One particular page where I can tell you that I, like, I know that I spent, yeah, this one. I spent, like, eight hours on this, at least, and I was just, I was huh. a teenager on Admiral. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, this one, so yeah, we were kind of talking about earlier how there's, like, different voices in the book a little bit. This is definitely one of the more, like... Hyper focused, yeah. kind of meticulous. Yeah, I mean it's good. It's great stuff, but like there's that, and then there's other stuff that felt like it was kind of stream of consciousness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you get both kind of levels. Okay, I want to ask you something that I've never asked anyone else. Sure. How badly did I think I accidentally ripped off that cruel intentions thing? Like, oh, which one? Which one? When she's like, Marsha fucking Brady of the, of the Upper East Side. Like when when she's like, it's also twice in there. It's like, yeah, like, I remember that thing. now. How bad? Did, is it I didn't notice it at all, like, it well, but I'm also an expert on Cruel I mean, Intentions. I so, yeah. realize now that you say Cruel Intentions that it was from Cruel Intentions. Well, at I the mean, time I, when I, I was reading it, it, at the time that I was reading it, I thought it was from somewhere, but like, huh. that's fine because like, people quote movies. And that's yeah. like. I saw a quote and I was just like, oh fuck, I, I totally ripped it off badly. No, I mean, I, I don't, yeah, no, I think you had some leeway to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, writing realistic characters means they're going to interact with pop fiction. Yeah, no, definitely. Pop culture. I think it's all good. Sorry, I'm just taking a picture of oh, your book next bad. to your other book. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I mean, like, I was like, but after I wrote I was like, oh, God, I wrote 13, and then it's like, Maggie Stevens. Nah, you get away with a lot with books. I get away with a lot. Not you personally, but, like, one. Oh, I was going to look at my mug, though. Have you posted pictures of this book, the uh, a helpful funny person? I did a while back yeah. before I was in, I impulsively deleted all my old tweets. I see. I have them in my archive though. Which yeah, is yeah. Horrifying actually. So Maggie compared it to Thirteen and Prozac Nation, 
Like where where do you think? Yeah, no, I've never read Prozac Nation either. Okay. I mean, like, where would you place this on, like, a continuum of, like, those are, like, obviously, like, older books mm-hmm. by women who are telling stories about, like, girl on the edge type of uh, stories. And so, like, this is obviously, it just came out, it's more recent. If you wanted to the journal of some fucked up girl, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you wanted to, if you saw her writing in the journal on Bart, you know... Because I love memoirs. Like, those are my yeah. favorite things. Because I want, I want people's secrets. And there's a lot of scurvy right, places. Right, right. Um, well, Ruth also thinks, like, a little bit of a memoir, but as we talked about, also not. Also very much a novel. Yeah, like, I just yeah. wanted to, like, you know, yeah. my, Tell me if this is, is wrong or right. My impression was that there's stuff that's more stylized and maybe more fictionalized in the beginning of the novel, but by the end, it's pretty... Raw. Pretty raw, pretty autobiographical, pretty journalistic. Is yeah, that and then accurate? it's also like reading like, the future too, because like at the the last page is yeah. like mouth wired shut or whatever, and then like I had no idea I was gonna be in jail and have like my teeth like fucked up. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I mean, you talk about like, I don't I don't know how much you want to get into this, but you talk about a little. Don't you talk a little bit about like the incident that got you or maybe I was misinterpreting. No, I only wrote the only place I've written about that incident was in Terror House. Oh, really? I haven't yeah. read that, to be honest. I should. I'll seek it out. I can read it right now if you want. Sure, yeah. Um, I remember the part where, like, you scream at or want to scream at, like, a, cro- a crossing attendant, like a a street. Is that you know what I'm talking about? Like, 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 you were crossing the street and someone told you to not cross yet and you got angry or something? I'm always I angry. Don't I, I don't think I made it up, but anyway. I don't think you made it up. No, I mean, most of my life has been like, you did that. I'm like, I believe you. I have a rumor, but I believe you. The unbelievable temerity and unbridled arrogance of cops. I told her to fuck off. Pardon oh. me, fuck you. That part. I'm just open to it. Oh. Sorry to read your writing in front of you. I know not everyone. No, I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Man, I live for that. Thank you. I love temerity. It's one of my it's favorite good words. words. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite word? Be as pretentious as possible. Um, well, yeah, no, I said I like temerity, but man. I don't, I don't know my favorite word. What's your favorite word? Subrefuge. Subrefuge, okay. That's a good one, yeah. Right now, we're anaclytic. 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 Yeah, I don't know what <laughs> anaclytic means, actually. It's like, it's kind of like, like super BPD, um, relating to or characterized by a strong emotional dependence on another or others. Oh, okay. Interesting. But I like that as the word quit. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to be like, yeah, analytical, but involving quits or something. <gasps> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the algorithms. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's like that's the clitoral. That's fucking problem. Yeah, that's like the clitoral, vaginal, will to power version. Yeah. We're onto something. <laughs> We're onto something. Cliticism. Literary cliticism. <gasps> yep. <laughs> Clitoral. it right yeah. here. It's a new academic discipline. Well, I snorted. I think that's really funny. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm having such a good time. I can't. Where's your chart? It's right here. Okay. So. Oh, I had that <laughs> How do you make? How do you make these charts? Let me ask that. Yeah. you want me anymore? Okay. Fair enough. That is a more than fair answer. I just go to astro.com. Anyone can do it. 
Um, I'm sure. But I also have <laughs> yeah. an app where I have a, de- a database, so I, um, I also have like a lot of people's charts. And that I never do anything bad with because I'm terrible at astrology. You have no fucking air signs. How do you breathe? I don't know. Like, you have fire, you have earth, you have a lot of water. Where is the air? No air. Do you feel suffocated in life? Are you? Do you think you'll never get COVID? Have you had COVID? No, I've never had COVID. That's because you don't have <laughs> Yeah. Because you're not breathing. <laughs> I'm not breathing. Okay. Um, how do how are, I mean, actually, I won't get into the nitty gritty. You just read it first and then we'll, we'll go from okay, there. Okay. So you have a cancer moon, which is super base. It's, it's very like Toby, like Kaylee. I'm mm-hmm. trying to call you. So I'm, that's my lunar sign is cancer? Well, that's your moon sign. Um, yeah. And <laughs> but I'm a Sag. Yeah. You're, yeah, yeah. you're 26 degrees Sagittarius. But your Mercury, which is how you communicate, is fucking base. It's an anoretic Sagittarius. And, like, that just means, like, what you say is really important and urgent. Like, GEZ has an anoretic um, Gemini um, Mercury. Anoretic Gemini. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Okay. Then you're, oh, God, you're like me. You're a Scorpio Venus. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, Venus, it was in Scorpio. Okay. Oh. Yeah. It's a lot of war to you. I, I mean, no, not really. Okay. But that's, that's what it, that's what the cards. If that's what the well, the, no, I mean, like, who am I to disagree? You're you know? very intense. You won't settle for anything less than intense. Like you're not gonna. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's not inaccurate. Yeah, that's a good thing in my opinion. <laughs> um, um, you Jupiter and Sag is base. It's like the luckiest. It that's where it rejoices. So are you lucky? I think so. Fuck yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully we'll continue to be, but yeah. Right on. Okay. Um, your Mars is in Virgo, which means like, I would hate to fucking argue with you because you will always have to be right. Oh, I feel, okay. So, I mean, I, I think that, uh, I definitely have been like that. Um, I feel like I've like purposely moved away and tried to like be less like that. Matt doesn't always have to be right. He has strong opinions, and oh, he likes to argue he's an them. I don't always have to be right, but if I'm not going to be right, I have to very consciously make the decision not to be. Wow. <laughs> but, like, you you won't settle for someone arguing with a point that's, like, incorrect, probably. I mean, I I might sometimes, you know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shy. Like, I don't argue with everyone, you know. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's shy in that sense. Like, I... I uh, especially recently, like maybe when I was younger, more so. But now I, I kind of, as I as I get older, I'm like more and more just. Uh, I realize I can't really change people's opinions. Like it doesn't matter if yeah. I'm right. So uh, I I kind of wow. like I think I was telling Dan or I was telling That's someone this. Realize. No, actually I was telling someone else this. But uh, I just kind of at some point realized that the whole notion of like arguing is pretty pointless because you can't really change people or what they believe. That's yeah. true. Oh, like, like, my counselor in rehab thought, so she spent three minutes of her life telling me I was straight. I'm like, okay, Michelle, fuck off. I'm <laughs> fucking my roommate, but okay. Like, yeah. yeah, like, I think, like, I, I'm of the especially when it comes to political debate, I'm of the opinion that 95% of political debate is just jousting. It's just people trying to one-up each other without yeah, actually we were trying. Were, were we? I yeah, didn't remember if it was it's you. It's just or, about people trying yeah. to win. D- yeah, yeah. That's really. all ego. That's all, like, yeah. shit that Buddhists are, like, yeah, yeah. and then like there's maybe it's more like 98% and then there's like 2% of like actual open dialogue mm. where people's opinions can be changed 
Um, and in, in those cases, I would try my damnedest to be right, sure. But I think most of the time, it's just jousting, and I, sh I don't engage. And social media doesn't help. And so, yeah, we, it was us talking about it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You're it hungry, it. and then you, you end up fighting with someone on Twitter, and you're like, oh, fuck. Okay. No, I've actually never been in a Twitter fight in my life. Oh, my God, let's get in Twitter yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> let's go pick a fight on Twitter. Yeah. 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 Um, I invite anyone listening to this to, to pick a fight with me on Twitter. I mean, and I'm watch lonely. me not respond, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, watching our yeah, but you said you said there's no air. So what are the oh the, the nothing was in a air so like the planets, right, the stars, have, the moon were not. Gemini, Libra, or what's the other Aquarius? Gotcha. Which was the only thing I was like the only thing in your book. I was like, there's no like. Well, oh yeah, I was gonna ask about that. So I I got but something astrologically wrong. So so Pisces. No, I think, I so I ripped this off bitch. from. I no. That. No, no, I don't know that much about it. You know more about it than me. But what was the specific error I made? Well, Tell me. Well, because you said um, you, um, you've never made a mistake because if you use an MDAF and it's under, you can't fault anyone for using an MDAF. I, I, I said Truly. Aquarius. Aquarius is not a water sign. It's not, but it is a water bear. That's so a, you're yeah. not wrong. So I took you're that from... Virgo, Mars, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the water bear, but it's not a water sign. How does that figure? That doesn't make sense. But it's not. I guess. I guess that's true. I think I, I took that from from Alexander Dugan. If you know who that I is, I don't. But uh, you should call him and be like, "Fuck you." <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> no, he didn't. I don't. Dugan. I should call Dugan. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he said that it was a, a, a water sign. Yeah, just that image of it as a, as a bearer of water and uh, and the notion of bringing water to I mean, something like that is dried up. Astrology bitches are gonna read. You know. You know. You don't want astrology bitches are mostly terrible. Those are those evil poet ones that always are like, "Ah, hey, everyone." Right, well, that's what I was saying. Like, there's an annoying image of astrology bitches, and yet no. I think there's something Dude, I just. Got so yeah, I changed my birthday on my profile just ah. to, like for that. Oh, that one. Uh, what is it? Bird poem girl. Like, you see me, you see me. That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, astrology is like one of those things. There's a lot of like vaguely hippie ish things that are like this. We're like, I don't really like most of the people that are into it. But the subject itself, whether it's like, I don't know, holistic eating or fucking astrology or whatever the case might be. Uh, well, I bet you probably don't know. I got into it because I wanted to avoid literary. No, I wanted to avoid theory Twitter. And also I was doing a lot of math. <laughs> That's when you got into astrology. Yes, yes, so I you got into it online. Yeah, and I gave okay. my girlfriend psychosis because I was doing, I was you're going to die soon. It's because you're the ruler of the person's in your 8,000. <laughs> Freaked her out. Don't yeah. date me. I'm very terrible. Well, not that you, and not that you're in danger of doing that. Don't worry. But no, just, you know, for anyone reading or listening. To. Um, uh, okay, your true note is your fortune. Okay. Oh, we only have your Saturn return. Okay, so your sun is super near your Mercury too. So like that's like your life's purpose is to communicate. So you're kind of like okay. No, that I definitely so that's kind of cool vibe with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pod, so yeah, yeah. No, I'm getting, a ver verbal intelligence kind of guy more so than, than anything. <laughs> I mean, I I'm terrible at speaking. And like, yeah, but if but you get your point across. As I said earlier, I, I don't know, I, I'm not like a, a firm believer in astrology, but I have to say, I never looked into it, and then I then I learned, I didn't learn until uh, later in life that I was a Sagittarius, because I never gave a shit about it. But the Ooh. second I learned that, I was like, oh, I am a Sagittarius. <laughs> like, I, I yeah. don't know much about astrology, but I know that I'm 
about Sagittarius as well. It's the most philosophical. I, okay, I learned about it because oh, there's yeah, like the an Night old yeah. door, the Doors like fucking album, a live album, and Jim Morrison's talking about astrology, and he's like, mm. "I'm a Sagittarius, the, the you know the most philosophical of signs," and I was like. Oh, oh shit! Sure. And I looked it up. I was like, "Oh, I am too. Oh, yeah, I'm are. just like Jim Morrison." And I was like a 13 year old dumbass. No, but I mean, I can yeah. Tell you what you have in common with him astrologically? I most of you are. Probably. Yes. Plenty, I'd imagine. You're both uh, Scorpios and Aries. Your charts are based in this, actually. Hmm. What do you mean by based in this context? Just like. Like cool, good. Oh, cool. You know. Well, thanks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, um, he has a son in his 15th degree, which is, you know, like career, money, Taurus, moon. Yeah. Oh, it's the sun. Yeah, it's just, it's just better. Wait, what do you mean? You, you metaphorically? Well, just you know, like oh, yeah. you know, this one's better than this. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. And, and honestly, ask man well. Like I was really happy in jail. Like, yeah, well, you I, said you got thrived. the reading done. Yeah. Um. So, and my astrologer said it'll be good for me. Okay. Plus, like, yeah. how many? I can read a prison novel. You should. Yeah. It's it's yeah, true. Yeah, going yeah. to a marina of Brooklyn. How do you say your last name? What's up? Marina Abramovich. Abramovich? Yeah. yeah. It's just like going to one of her um, workshops, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. But, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I'm, but. I, I'm just one of those weirdos that can thrive in institutions, I guess. I don't doubt it. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying like it sounds fun or anything. I'm not going to make some stupid it statement is. about being a starving artist and blah, blah, blah. Well, you're not or beyond a starving artist. You're not starving there. That's you true. You're not starving there. Yeah. You get fat. Yeah. <laughs> where would they do you know where they'd send you no but I, I ever yeah. I've had so many people in rehab was like I'll send you drugs in jail oh no <laughs> that's probably but, not but I, I can't I can't I, endorse I, that I, no I don't but, uh, I, I yeah. don't want to waste my time or, I don't want to do that there like I want to go into my 30s sober yeah like, yeah yeah I've no. already written the drug book I can, sure I sure sure yeah no I mean I I've barely done drugs but I, I do think sobriety what drugs have you done Oh, that's a, that's a really interesting question for you to ask me. I mean, almost fucking nothing. Uh, weed. Weed? I can't do weed. You're so. I hate weed. I so hate here's the too. deal. I've so talked have, about. Have you seen that thing where he's like, I hate weed? weed no. Oh my god, that? look up, look it up. Look at the Beetlejuice. I hate weed. Um, look it up. Okay, yeah, you do it. I just don't want to fuck with the recording, but yeah, no, I've I've smoked weed. I I went so because I was homeschooled. I've talked about this. I've actually talked about this on the pod a few times. It it comes up somehow always, but um, I. Uh, I, I was homeschooled. I was kind of sheltered. So I didn't really do any drugs. Like, it, well, I, I smoked weed in high school, and that was that was fine. But I went into college, you know, kind of wanting to experiment with some of this stuff. Not, I would never have done like coke or anything, but I, I probably w wanted to try like mushrooms and all that. Mushrooms are fun. I'm, I don't doubt it. I'm sure people have, and I we talked about this on one of our recent episodes with uh, Brad Kelly, who's a advocate of psychedelics. Hmm. Uh, I thought all of it sounded good and like interesting and you know maybe it was going to be a time to try that but i i took a yeah i talked about this on a recent episode but i think it's a good story so i'll tell it again i took a massive bong hit that i was not ready for because i had no tolerance oh, no. knocked me on my ass i had like a panic attack i felt like i was in hell like literally yeah. considered the possibility that i died mm -hmm. and went to hell because <laughs> i was so unused to 
having any kind of, you know, drugs yeah. in my system that I didn't know. Uh, and then at that point, I'm just like, I'm, I don't think drugs are for me. I mean, I, I probably tried weed a few times after that. Um, like, oh, but I funny. just was always scared I'd go back to that place, so I never did it. But the funny thing is, your tolerances and your tastes change. Like I remember in college, when I smoked weed, I would get paranoid. I didn't like it. I started smoking again recently. I love it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I did sort of have that experience. I think I went because weed is legal here in LA. I, I bought some legal, and it was I liked it a lot you more. Feel like you know, really like chill happy things that are funny that yeah. are usually lame or stupid mm-hmm. and that you know that's fun like yeah i think yeah i i liked it more the last couple of times i did it but i was like why but i was always a little bit worried it would be bad again and then i was just like why would i like risk i don't really yeah why would i risk that but also like i don't really think there's that much good coming this out of it out of this for me like it, it's like a little bit fun but it's not that fun. And I know a lot of people who do it way too much and get boring. Oh, and I right. don't want that to happen to me like, anyway. Like or what? Oh, just like, I just feel like it kind of kills. I don't know. I, 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 um, I'm not an authority on this or anything, but I just, I do feel, I've known people who like are creative and then they just end up smoking weed all the time rather than doing anything creative. Cause you know, oh. create, there's a natural relationship. Creative people like those kinds of drugs, but Absolutely. I, you know, I don't, I don't think people are like writing great novels on weed, yeah, you know, no. or doing yeah, anything I mean, great like, on weed. There's yeah. There's this whole book about like great writing that's been written on opiates, but like not everyone's fucking like, um, yeah. I mean, I would think opiates would be yeah, possibly. Yeah. You're yeah. knocked out. So you're not yeah. really going to be writing I mean, too much. are so boring. Like that's the way. I, I mean, mean, naked lunch is okay. But <laughs> I'm in burrows. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It's been a while since I read it too. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't really buy uh, beyond. Um, yeah, I always write sober. Yeah. Because like, I you think, know, it's just like things you think are funny. Things you think sound good when you're high or drunk mm-hmm. usually don't. And like you, at least for me, I'm my like most authentic and like best self when Aww. I'm sober. And yeah, so <laughs> I, like, I mean that seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like that's the self that writes the best. So like yeah. Yeah, no, I I wish you the best. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like get on some AA soapbox or anything. Oh, but no, like yeah. I do think probably no, long term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to find this video I have of me doing dabs. Pass the fuck out because I could not handle them. Do oh dabs yeah I never even tried that yeah no but it's me on the floor <laughs> in like a scum shirt um it doesn't matter um but yeah no the last time I smoked weed I hit behind a refrigerator actually no in New York <laughs> it was okay I could handle it but the time before that like I freaked out I was hiding behind a refrigerator it was it was bad. Yeah, no, it's um, it's funny because I, again, I, I I'm just parroting things I already I said on a recent episode, but again, it's coming up again, so we'll just get into it. Like, I, I uh, what's that? Yeah, uh, like, um, I, I would be I I wrote off ever trying psychedelics because I thought if I couldn't even handle weed, I can't handle psychedelics. But the older I get, the more I'm hearing that even people who are like experienced drug users, they will tell you that some of their worst experiences are too much THC. Like it just sucks. Like. LSD is going to be, or mushrooms or whatever, they're going to be more intense, but that just too much THC is just a shitty, muddy feeling versus, I don't I know, I don't speak of it. twice. 
Okay. And yeah. I slept through the second time. <laughs> the first time it was um, pretty fun. I I drew on a canvas that I have in my closet, and it says we can't we can't go back. Yeah. See, with those drugs, I I buy that there is some kind of creative stimulus I mean, that's, that happens. That's when yeah. You know, the dark net was still fun. Mm-hmm. The what was still fun? You know, onion for dark net. I don't. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. Wait. Oh god. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Of course. No, I don't either. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, acid flashback there. No. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Know. I mean, um, I, think, I yeah. think everyone should do ketamine and listen to my bloody Valentine. That's the only thing I stand by. Uh, you know, I've never done ketamine. I've, I've done some ketamine in my time. Uh-huh. Uh, but I have listened to my bloody Valentine. Um, okay, and I, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the more important half of that mm-hmm. equation? Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, only shallow, is it? Or? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. yeah, no, totally, yeah. But psychedelics very good for writing, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's what um that's what Brad Kelly said too. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, not not write writing. On, yeah, no, yeah. you don't want to write on right. psychedelics, but the insights that you take away from a trip, you carry them with you for the rest of your life. Mm, so that's, right. that's very helpful in writing in the future because it's like, well, I learned something new, and I see the world more fully, more completely. And so that's like yeah, I buy that. Yeah, that's, that's good for writing, and it's yeah. just good for you. It's good for your health. Yeah. Yeah. I don't stand by meth writing at all because I relapsed after rehab, and I was like cross-eyed for eight hours, and I wrote <laughs> this really long thing that I will never read because I know it's terrible. And even James knew like like that's why he doesn't like uh, distemper because it's like a meth addict wrote that. Oh, was and, he? Oh yeah, we don't need to talk about James's. History, but he, he was on well, I think he's before. open about it. Like, yeah, I've never, I mean, we're email friends. I never talked to him about that. Yeah, but yeah. like, um, but he's recovered now and he's, he's well, yeah, he's I, I know, that, I know that, me, like, that he was in a dark place. You're too old for this. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that he was in a dark place when he wrote it and that there was, you know, substance abuse issues and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But Valencia is a great book for anyone yeah. who does meth and wants to read. Mm-hmm. A book that's really great. Um, no, James Nolik's a, a great guy, uh, and yeah. hopefully it will be a guest on our pod soon. I bet I'll get him to listen to this because he he loves you, so he likes me too. I think <laughs> so. He'll be love like, him so yeah, much, yeah. And my favorite thing ever is just to find any way to bring him up. Yeah, no, he's he's great. He's one of our uh, kind of treasures in this sphere. You know what I mean? He is such like a every guy. everyone is good. No like one I, I like. Him. Yeah, but he he's like one of the one of the OGs in a way. You yeah, know what like I mean? you read his writing and you're just like you're 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 gone. You're just yeah, right there. yeah. And he he smokes weed or he gummies. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, well, weeds. And like weed, I had weed in New York and I was buying. Like, Have you met Noah? No. He's he's a shy guy, so I don't know. He doesn't get down he, here. Too I mean, anymore. I'm shy too. Like right. I, he called Probably me once shy. and I was like, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he yeah. called me. Then I. Talked to him later, and he has a very nice voice. And he called me in jail. He answered Domino's Pizza. So, <laughs> very sweet. sweet. Yeah, man. he's a he's a really nice guy. Yeah, he's, um, he's he's like he he writes from the dark place that most people never want to go. to. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. And he's an interesting brain. Like he's friends with uh, what's his name, uh, Jonathan Lethem. Like he's got connections yeah. in high high places. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, he's like a more mainstream writer, basically. But he and he, I know that James, um, like, so Jonathan Lethem took over the post that David Foster Wallace used to have at um, Pomona College, I think. Or, oh, 
And so he's, yeah, he's a pretty preeminent, you know, writer, but, uh, know, but he, he had... Like, he edited uh, Dennis Cooper's last book, too. Uh, Nullick did? Mm-hmm. Right, he did, yeah, and he's friends with Dennis Cooper. At the Cooper, same so. time, he uh, helped, like, look at mine. Yeah, so he, so Nullick's a good, like, bridge between different spheres, you know? Um, yeah, no, and just, I think Body by Drake is, like, one of the most important stories yeah, ever. Yeah, like, that's just, one, That one's in Haunted Girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That one and... Um, Scattertown by Gabriel Hart. Like, those are, like, the two most, like, influential... Not influential, but, like, like, like lottery status, kind of. You mm-hmm. know, like, you know, that horror story by... Oh, the, by Shirley Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. That yeah. kind of, like, yes. that I know exactly what you mean. I, I'm sure you do. I just, like, Yeah. Remember. I No, not not even the story, but I'm um, just the, the status. Oh, I know what you're saying. I, I mean, I really like... Um, uh, no, like, story. I don't remember what it's called. It's escaping me. But the one that was in Expat uh, 4... Um, yeah, let's pull it up. I mean, I, I was kind of blown away by it. I, yeah. How's your leg, by the way? <laughs> it's been more useful in past times. <laughs> yeah, this great volume. You're not in this one though, right? Well, I mentioned by Bibles. Okay. Oh, I haven't read that. I haven't read the Bible story. Yet. Oh, it's it's. But yeah, um, hold on. What's it called? Oh, Paul Coran is in this too, or however you say that. Interesting. I got. I still got to read a lot of these. But Dark Web. The story's called Dark Web by oh, by yeah. Nolik. Um, oh. Wasn't that also on um, Clear House? I don't think so. I'm not. Maybe, maybe it was. No, I, I would think that he would stick, leave it just with expat. But no, no, recently he did something about the dark net. I think dark web is actually good. I think he, yeah, he told me that it would be in his new collection, which I'm Ooh. very, very excited for. I think it's, it might be coming Lazy out next eyes. month. <gasps> what, what's it called again? It's Lazy eyes. Lazy eyes. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Um, that's gonna be big. Yeah, and hopefully, again, hopefully he and I will will be doing a chat about it on New Right. Very Podcast. cool. Yeah, we love it. Definitely. But yeah, Dark Web's a good one. Um, but speaking of Gabriel Hart, mm-hmm. I still have to read his stuff, but he, he's another L.A. guy, right? Um, uh, he lives in Joshua Tree. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love Joshua Tree. Like, I just got um, his CDs over there. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. I should check that out, too, as a music fan. Yeah, I know his jillweddings.bandcamp.com. Uh, if you, if you so choose. Yeah, no, no, I will check that. I listen to a lot of, of a lot of music in addition to reading. <laughs> so, no, 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 I, I listen to music. I no, um, but like, like I can, you know, I have a profile. Oh yeah, 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 I definitely. I, I you hey. should. You can become my second uh, follower. I think I'm. Hell yeah. It might be. I might have my normie name on it. So. I Hold won't on. tell anyone. Hold on. Let me look it up quick. Okay. But I, I bring him up because you because he he organizes a lot of the like readings at stories and whatnot yeah yeah um and you've got you did that like last fall but there's another one coming up that you are hoping to be able to make right you want to pitch that at least two two readings of stories um because the first time i was invited by elizabeth ellen i did that with l nash too and um that was great i met a lot of people yeah, that's great. I, I, I missed it because I got, like, held up at, at work or something. Oh, I um, barely, I think I was, I almost went there on a motorcycle. Mm. But, yeah, um, there are two events coming up in a couple of weeks with, uh, hosted by Gabriel Hart and The Last Estate, I think. Yeah. 
And you're going to be Which, reading uh, at one of them, right? Yeah, you're yeah. going to be at one of them. I, the last estate isn't hosted. There's, um, they're, they're, we're there. I like okay. that they were like, we don't endorse anyone except Paris. <laughs> that's a uh, that's an inner joke about like how like um if you read expat rising how lit reactor was like oh you know she might trigger some people so yeah no expat that. rising by gabriel hard the, yeah. the yeah that that that's um that's where i got the initial info about the mm, well how do you say this again yeah, that's cool you can just call it, that's cooler yeah but the the Japanese cult that, that was where I got that. I can't find my Bandcamp right now, but I will find I it and I'll, I'll DM. I don't know how to get on Bandcamp. Like, it's like I whatever. I always change my password every day. But uh, <laughs> you can see. I mean, uh, you, yeah, I'm I'm kind of proud of my Bandcamp collection. I uh, yeah. I probably spent too much money on digital no music that thing. I could listen to no <laughs> on I, I Spotify. I found those like little yeah. phones with MP3s on it that was stolen from me too. But whatever. Yeah. No, for the longest time, I was really into just, like, sticking to... I mean, this was, like, my version of being a Luddite. Like, sticking to listening to, like, an actual iPod and, like, having mm. MP3s. Recently, it's like, this is too limiting. I'm just going to stream music like everyone else. But, like, I, I like having some, like, physical yeah. form of music. I have, like... I, I, I'm, like, John, like uh, what's it called? Um, I have a cassette. Yeah, I have cassettes. I've got vinyl, CDs, mm. MP3s. And I stream, and I was like, and I will. No, actually, but <laughs> yeah, I do know what it is. I didn't. What you can you make like playlists and whatnot on there? No, it just it just tracks everything you listen to. So oh, you're like, oh, this year. Oh, that's. I mean, I guess you do that on Spotify too. I was like pretty anti-Spotify for years, but recently mm -hmm. it's like I like the playlist making. I mean, someone, capabilities. someone gave me a free premium, so. Yeah, I mean Spotify. I, I don't know. I, I can't really comment on like whether or not it actually pays artists fairly and all that stuff that musicians well, musicians I mean, are interested are, are worried about. Make money by touring. Yeah, but I have to say, just as a as a collection of music, Spotify is yeah. pretty impressive. Fuck yeah! Yeah, and you can make good playlists. One I day I will release a a, uh, a mega playlist. Pandora. Yeah, yeah, you so do use Pandora. You're one of the few people I know that still uses Pandora. I'm uh, I am a luddite when How it comes to streaming. Uh, how is Pandora? Do you have premium? Do you still? Listen? No, I just have normal Pandora. Do you actually listen to the commercials? Uh, yeah. Why? Why uh, did you do that to yourself? <laughs> doesn't like I'm like I'm into music, but like you're also into commercials. I'm just kidding. No, I all, I'm the same boat. I I don't buy Spotify premium. Like I'll just suffer to do commercials. It's a point of pride. That's why I don't watch TV. Yeah, I mean, one day I will probably get Spotify premium, but like it's like it's something I'm stubborn about. It's not. Yeah. You and um, Dale Brett would get along. Who's Dale Brett? Yeah. I'm sure we Races would. But... Upon, he hates streaming services. Yeah. With a passion. <laughs> awesome. Even um, like movies and TV streaming services? I'm not really sure, but yeah. he, he's like, fuck Apple Music. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. No, that w I was more like that earlier in life, and now it's like I just have surrendered to... To the to the tides of uh, history. But, I, mean, I mean, like I just <laughs> yeah. bought, like lived through this the CD so many goddamn times. I'm just like, okay. It's I'll not the same. Like whatever you, whatever plat. I, this is kind of stupid, but I'll say it. It's the same with literature too. Mm -hmm. Like whatever platform you're listening to music on, whatever platform you're reading a book on, like it's it's always unique. There's no such thing as a a total copy. Like if you're listening to a CD, it's a little different than if you listen on Spotify. It's like it just you listen to it in a slightly different way. Uh, this is like hair splitting, and people would say pretentious, but like I, yeah, no, I, I'm a firm believer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not. 
so and there's like a story like if you when you have especially when you have physical music there's always like a story about how you got it yes. you know what i mean it's like this yeah. is the this is the you know eagle cd i bought in palm springs or whatever like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Yeah, bring that over. Let's yeah. let's check out what's in there. Well, yeah. I mean, I have this from Birth Control Productions. Huh. They're really cool on Twitter. Like, they really, they really yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, is that like a recorded cassette? Wow. Look how dreamy Gabriel looks in here. Oh, Gabriel Hart, yeah. yeah. Let me check that out. Ridiculous. <laughs> and look how gorgeous the CD is. Like, I love this color. Oh, yeah. You know, like, that's, that's worth having. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with books, right? Like, people reading on Kindles. It's just not, you know, it's not the same. But I, yeah, no, I read a lot on Kindle out of convenience, but like, I I don't know. It's not even convenient because like, I don't remember things as well if I'm not actually uh, like, you know, reading it on the page. Yeah. Like on the screen, I don't remember. Yeah, because if you have to like live in a shoebox apartment in San Francisco, like me, and everyone back when I did, you know, and you can't have room for anything, but... Obviously, I have space for the <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, real objects. Like, yeah. This is my favorite Feminist Little book ever, and you can tell it's been through a lot. But oh, yeah. No, that's like, yeah, like a book that you've really, like, read and carried around. Oh, yeah. That, like... Let me, let's see, what's the most shit out of book I have? That's, you know, that's something. And it reminds you of things. When you look at an, an old book, you oh, look at an old item that you... Exactly. It, it carries that story with it, you know? And, like, um, you don't have that when you, like, you know, open up your Kindle. And no, like, you don't. And also, buying real books makes uh, writers more money, so... Yeah, no, for sure. Books. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's another way that I say I have a too big Bandcamp collection, or and now I've now more recently I've been buying more books, but like it's good. You feel it's there's there's very there's nothing else that I purchase that I feel better about than something I know is putting a pocket putting money, money in the pocket money. of another creative yeah like me. And I'm not talking exactly. about buying major more. label CDs or major publishing house books. I'm talking about buying like from Expat or from Bandcamp. It's like. Mm-hmm. You know, treat others the way you want to be treated. I want people to my, buy my book, so I'm going to buy theirs, kind of thing. And regardless Absolutely. if they actually do or not, like, yeah, pay it forward. Exactly. Like, and it's, and yeah, there's, there's so much I can't say enough good things about that. Yeah, no. Oh, you have uh, Welcome to Hell. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, I, Forney probably sent you that at rehab, right? Yeah, it's a good one. I loved it. I loved. I loved nice. the first. I, yeah. Um, yeah, we had Billy on the pod. Yeah. I, I love. I have a really special copy of Masculinity among. Uh, oh, oh really? Yeah. I actually because, don't have that book. Because yeah, mine's upside down, so if I read it, it looks like I'm reading it upside down. 
Oh, uh, wow. That's, uh, it's yeah. a collector's item. It's for sure. Really, like, there's a picture of the video game. It's funny. Like, and I love zines, too. Like, um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? That's really funny that you asked that, and I, hopefully you won't be... Offended? Not offended. Hopefully you won't be like, oh, how could you? But I actually threw away a bunch of old notes earlier this week because, cool. yeah, I was like, I, for a while I held on to them sentimentally, like, mm -hmm. oh... These are the notes I took on my novel. They're special. And then I was just like, I got to move on. You know, this is all baggage. Like, the book is the book. All this is just cluttered in my closet. So I actually just oh. threw away, like, tons of notebooks yeah. of old shit. Well, I mean, that, that's one thing. But how can I throw this away? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> well, like, <you> know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I oh, yeah. We were talking the California drive. Eris, it's really unique, like... <laughs> I don't know if, like, if, if we went to my apartment, like, I would tell stories about the, my past life, but I wouldn't be able to just, like, reach and grab, like, a relic. Mm -hmm. One, like, really unique thing I've noticed about this conversation is that every, th every time something comes up, you can, like, go to a different part of the room and, like, pull a relic out, whether it's, like, this old book you wrote when you were seven or this driver's manual. You really have, like, your whole life here. It's kind of interesting. Shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just kind of cool i don't know you no, it is. you hang on to the stuff that matters um, i'm sentimental as fuck yeah. man i i try to hang on to the stuff that matters but sometimes i get rid of it you know and sometimes you know <laughs> <laughs> do you mind if i take a picture of your bookshelf i, I don't know we always oh, like yeah. it's oh, not like a super like, the pod isn't super visual or whatever, uh, let me, but... Let me, let's put more books in it so it looks better. Why do I have maple oh. syrup in that box? Oh, I have this, um, Cory, um, Cory by Mila. I can't remember her name. She gave it to me. Story of O, yeah. Oh, you know what? That's where, um... I love her book. Uh, the story of O, that's about, it's like a French novel. Sorry, I'm just talking loudly to make sure the mic picks up. <laughs> it's a French, have you read it, Harris? Uh, I haven't, but I've read lots of books. Um, okay. And I, I gave the Dominatrix for seven years. Um, you, wait, you said what? I gave the Dominatrix for seven years. So you were? No, oh. God, no. I was a professional submissive, but for very briefly. <laughs> then I was like, eh. Yeah. Um, Story of O is where it's the namesake of Hartiste from the Chateau Hartiste, who was like one of those manosphere bloggers. So I have not read Story of O, but I've met it. was like a, what is it, like a French what? It's novel a, or? It's, it's about like uh, masochism. Yeah, right. And, and yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I told him to skip your way. I was saying, hey, No, 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 no worries. Hey, thank I'm you. I'm just going to get a quick photo of your shelf because I think <laughs> captures the vibe of this episode really well. Yeah, for sure. I actually just bought a new phone. That's the first picture I took on my phone. Oh, yeah, I'm honored. Sentimental. Nice. 
um, you take a picture. One of you should have. You should have this. You should try this one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's oh see. I want to take a picture of you wearing this. Please, 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 You look better in it than I do. And that's your shirt. Music like instrumental stuff, but go- Canada, you would have <laughs> Live Journal. 
Probably, yeah, it's like that kind yeah. of aesthetic. Yeah. But um, no, I actually have pretty significant musical influences, on, like or not like lyrical influences on the band. That's the heater just went off. That's probably the time for the podcast. Then, but I, uh, there's this band called Shoo Shoo that was really important to me for a while. Oh yeah. You well, probably, you know that? Of you, uh, have you seen Pleasure. the Q-Mode? Yeah. What's that? Pleasure. Pleasure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense. They, they, they have, their their whole style is uh, mm-hmm. kind of similar to, to that, like, you know, very honest, dealing with, like, sexuality and things like that, and, and dark and, and just raw. Yeah, Shushu matches that. But in a funny way, that's how I how I ended up on this corner of the internet in a very bizarre I number of twists sorry. and turns. Uh, my friend Robert, who does the podcast, The Stark Truth, somehow, and, and it's not a natural fit that he did this at all, but he interviewed, oh, you know what, I think James Nolik might have some, no, maybe not, actually. Dennis Cooper does, though. For sure, as like some, yeah, yeah. Uh, I that, sorry. Maybe some. I think Shushu was influenced by Dennis Cooper, but uh, yeah. Basically, my friend Robert ended up interviewing the guy from that band, and I was like alone. It was like shortly after I moved to LA, and I was like lonely and like Aww. really obsessed with Shushu, and I was looking up interviews with the lead singer, There's nothing and like I found. Into a city and being lonely. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty. And obsessed with Shushu. Yeah, like LA is pretty lonely when you first get here, so I was listening to a lot of that. And found the interview that my friend had done with uh, with Lou Sarah. Like that's how I got into like podcasts and like okay. the dissident right even, which is weird because that's not what Shoo Shoo's about at all. But like, yeah, just <laughs> life's random, and that was one of the things. Yeah. I mean, I think mean, you know, you. I don't want to sound like one of those like you just have things that are, but you know, if you're in something, it's gonna. Yeah. No. Definitely. I have a point. I lost it, but. No, I get what you're saying. <laughs> Thank that, you. And then this is like. Slightly, I don't know, this is almost like a bad cliche or something, but the album Spiderland by Slint, like the post-rock album from the 90s, mm. it's a song called like Dawn Amon or something in it, that was about like a really isolated character, mm. and like it's just like this brooding like guitar piece, yeah, and it's just like this story about this guy who's at a party and doesn't really enjoy being there and is having trouble talking to people, and that was like a really significant, like really significant. I listened to that at like nineteen twenty. Because there's a song and, called um, "Blind Guy Knows We Bleed by Adult," and it's like, "Wouldn't it be nice to go to a party and be the only one there?" I can't sing. That's actually yeah. familiar, actually. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. No, that kind of vibe of, I've said this before, I think, that kind of vibe of, like, being at a party and not having a good time or, like, being shy or being cripplingly self-conscious, that was, like, I don't know. For whatever reason, that's the feeling I wanted to capture in, in Dragon Age. And I think it did. It was extent. beautifully captured, because I, yeah. Definitely, <coughs> I felt well, thank that. you. Do you have musical influences on writing? Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, like, I quoted Bikini Kill. And right, Bikini right, you did, yeah. Like, Riot Girl was, I wouldn't well, have sense. any self-confidence if it wasn't for Riot Girl. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, obviously, I'm obsessed with Hole. Obsessed. Yeah. Um, like, Courtney Love, uh, Patty Smith's book, and I'm... Oh, my prized possession! Where is this one? Well, that's fine. Don't worry. But I love what she says here, um... I think I gave her the traditional blueprint for what a fucked up girl should be. I think that I sort of contributed and helped to shape that blueprint. It has always existed, of course. Girls should generally be loud and fucked up, or I usually don't talk to them. Except that they're quiet and fucked up, in which case they're even better in some ways. <laughs> this is the uh, Courtney Love book. Yeah. 
He's and signed, right? Yeah. Um, That's cool. I met her. Oh, great. Uh, I met her a few times. Um, the third time I finally didn't cry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's very beautiful in real life. Hmm. Uh, I mean, also, you met her at shows or what? Uh, I saw her at the Roxy. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And I saw her at the book reading, and I saw her when she did uh, some talk show that also, um, who's that orange woman who cooks? Uh, pa- Paul, Paula Dean? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that. She's so orange. <laughs> yeah. But no, but again, like kind of to bring it full circle again, these things become a part of you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, dude, it's yeah. Influential, All right. Well, I think I'm going to turn off the recorder now, but it's been an amazing conversation. I, I hope the audio quality and everything. <laughs> this is the new rise, a pod about embarrassing yourself. I am wearing matching socks. That took me like 10 minutes to pull off. I want everyone to know that. <laughs> they are magical. I think that's a good one. <laughs>